why don't you start it off with this? Of the, with this fact? Yeah. This factoid? Yeah. Okay, so I looked this up. This is the highest grossing movie of 1990. This. What else came out? I don't know. But this is the <laughs> highest grossing movie the of 1990. The way you made it sound was like, and this other movie came out and I cannot believe it beat it. Like, that's what I that's I don't what care I heard. what other movie came out. It, why would this movie be the highest grossing movie? Why not? It's got Patrick Swayze it's in ghost. it. What does that have to do with it? <laughs> I have no idea, honestly. Okay, so hang on. I, I'll, I'll alone, look at the Kevin. list. Die oh, Hard. Goodfellas. Edward Scissorhands. Tremors. Pretty Woman. There's a lot. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The Hunt for Red October. Gremlins 2. It beat Gremlins 2. <laughs> yeah. There's Total a, Recall. There's a lot of there's stuff. There's a ton. A lot of Misery. stuff that is on our list and we will get to. And this movie made more than all of them. Back to the Future Part all of them. 3. Yeah. Do you want to know how much it made? Yeah, tell me. Tell me how much it actually okay, made. So because then it really tells you how much it went over for everybody else. The budget was $22 million. Which... In today's dollars, I did the inflation. I did the calculation. Okay, I was I was curious. Is forty seven million thereabouts? Okay, that's not too much more. That's not, and it's not that expensive for a movie in today's day and age. The movie made in nineteen ninety five hundred and five million dollars. Wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah. Okay, holy cow! Which is. Hmm. In today's dollars, almost $1.1 billion. This was Spider-Man No Way Home in 1990. That's insane. It is that gigantic. It is. I'm surprised. Which is so weird. And I guess we should do the intro. So, I am Kevin. And I'm Rachel. And this is season two of Shelf Life. There, I dated <laughs> this again. We are back. I don't think I caught that one. I'm so confused. What? I don't understand what you did. Yeah, this but... is season two. Yeah, but that's obvious. How's that? Oh, because wait, why? Because it's the you... se it's season two, Kevin. You can go the... to any season the... two of anything, and it's season two. That... I suppose that's true. <laughs> uh, the folks at home could be listening to this completely out of order. They could be like, you know, what was a really good episode of Shelf Life? Their episode season two. Episode one. That's where I'm going. I want to listen to that episode again. But they, it could be, you know, we'd be on season 15. And they're I'm like, no, I got to go back to the good old days. The show sucks now. I want to listen to Ghost. All right, fine. Whatever. So anyway, this is a podcast. For those of you that this is your first time listening, and it could be because this is the, the start of a new season, we have our podcast in seasonal format. We do some episodes every so often. We release on a periodic basis and then we take some time off that's the that's the way we are doing things we are a podcast where brother and sister go through all things pop culture to determine whether or not those things belong on your shelf whether that be virtual or digital wait whether that be digital <laughs> or physical <laughs> i'm keeping that in no you're not yes i am <laughs> and today if you couldn't tell from our little banter before we did the intro what is up for contention to the shelf, Rachel. Ghost. The 1990s ghost. ghost. 
Which, okay, and following we, up on that little banter we did, by the way, the second grossing was Pretty Woman. So I have a feeling it was just a good year for romance. Chick flicks? Yeah. Interesting. I'm just saying. So 1990 might be kind of a blank spot. I've never seen the entirety of any of those movies that you just mentioned. Wow. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, you saw Ghost so, now. I've seen Ghost. Now, I will say, if if we say Ghost and we say Ghost with that strong Midwest <laughs> accent, we're doing kind of red, a red letter media thing. But then our dad sometimes has a bit of an accent every once in a while. And he's, he has it on Ghost. He says Ghost, ghost. sometimes. Like coffee. Ghost. Coffee. And ghost. Get some coffee so that the ghost can So we can get watch it. ghost. I want some coffee while I watch ghost. <laughs> you betcha. Oh, you betcha. So we like to make fun of him. I can start by saying I have never seen this movie. I thought <laughs> I knew what this movie was about. I agree. And it is nothing what I thought it was about. I won't say it's nothing what I thought it was about. But it has a completely different tone and structure and plot the story's different. than I thought it was yeah. about. I thought it was a different story. I like you knew a couple of different things from it. That's it. And then I'm like, oh, this isn't what I was expecting when I watched it. Okay. I'm going to tell you what I thought that we were getting into. Right, what I know. thought the movie was going to be about. Let's, let's hear it. I'm excited. I thought it was going to be about the story of a, I knew a guy died. Right. And I knew that he like followed his girlfriend or wife around. And I thought all the story was going to be was him trying to help her grieve and move on. Me too. And maybe there's like a little conflict, yes! but like at the end of the story, she just she get, like you know, she lets him go. I thought yes. that's what it was all about was her that's like being able to feel him and know he's there and talking to him and still like you know having her relationship with him as a ghost and then him walking her through and like the grieving process and then she lets him go at the end i literally yes. thought that's what the movie was yes i agree 100 and, and i knew whoopi goldberg was in it and, and was a medium and stuff right. but i i truly thought that's what it was and the the most famous scene of the movie that's been parodied and and done to death at this point the mm -hmm. pottery scene mm -hmm. i thought he was a ghost in that scene I was gonna bring this up earlier. He's alive. It's not, I thought I was like okay. So they brought it. I thought okay. I know we're I know we're jumping right into it, but I thought they were just setting it up right so that he's doing it physically with her, and then he was yep. gonna do it again. That he was As gonna like it was just gonna yeah. like hold her and she was gonna feel him there, and it was like okay, right. no, no, it doesn't happen. It should have happened. It should have I happened. It should have happened. I agree. At least but he instead... should have tried. <laughs> and he didn't. But instead, what this movie is... Oh, this is great. ...is a paranormal revenge thriller... Absolutely. ...with some, with some romance in it. Just some. There's not much. There's like two scenes. <laughs> I mean, it is a romance. Like, I, I, I think, because people do love this movie. This for, for a lot of people, this is a classic film. And I think it is considered a romance by most of the people that are fans of the film, I think. I would think so. What do they what do they count it as? What is what is it like actually put under? What's it? Okay, uh, it says American so No no no, I have 
drama fantasy romance thriller. You know what? I'll give it to him. Except instead of fantasy, it's a sci-fi because he's a ghost. You think sci-fi is more ghost? You oh, think well, no, that's ghost not true. I guess ghost would being, be more fantasy. Being a ghost is more sci-fi or fantasy. I guess that's a good point. I guess with sci-fi, it's a bit more technology-based and, like, futuristic type of stuff. When it's fantasy, I guess it would make more sense for it to be a ghost. This is more in the spiritual realm. Right. So I kind of like the drama fantasy romance thriller. I like that as the genre it's in. I will I will allow it. I, I kind of want to know how many other movies but I feel like are I, in thriller the sci-fi fantasy romance thriller. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. I kind of wish it was clickable so that I could just be like, give me a list of drama fantasy romance thriller. There cannot be that many. Teen Wolf, Twilight, Gargoyles. What? Like the no, I, I disagree with that one. Yeah. Spawn? Uh, don't know how much Spawn. <laughs> I don't know why that came I, up I mean, I get... there. You know what, though? You know what? To be honest, Spawn and this have a lot in common. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? I've never seen Spawn. Yeah. Okay, so the plot of Spawn. So here's the plot of Spawn. Spoiler alert for the plot of the Spawn. comic or the... Well, it's on the list, the comic and the movie. So, or at least put it on the list. The plot of Spawn is a mercenary is killed while on a mission, and he comes back as a hell spawn. So he's like on Earth. He's supposed to be fighting for the devil, and he, he just wants to get back to his wife. So it's kind of the same thing. Wow. It's the same plot. Wow. Ghost and Spawn have the same plot. A thread I mean, right there. <laughs> I mean, the difference is that Spawn has supernatural powers to, I mean, you know, fight. So does Patrick hell. Swayze. He can make things happen as a ghost. Oh, well, we'll get into all of that because <laughs> his powers fluctuate wildly as this movie goes on. So, yeah, th this came out in 1990, was considered obviously a, a gigantic film at the time. Right. And it's the highest grossing film. It's a billion dollar movie in today's dollars. That's outrageous. That's cool. The fact that this type of movie made a billion dollars. Like, imagine if it came out today. Okay. This movie would not make a billion dollars. This movie would not make a hundred million dollars. It might be one of the, like, a straight to streaming. Oh, yeah. You probably. watch it over the holidays once and then it goes away forever right like it there's no way that this type of movie would be that high grossing i'm trying to think of another one that's a bit more recent that you could kind of compare it to but i don't know because i feel like less drama romances do well than comedy romances at this point in time i would agree so i because I, it doesn't really have the comedy or the comedic factor to it i don't think got, i think you're right i don't think it would go it well whoopie whoopie goldberg is I your mean, she, comic yeah, relief yeah that's true <laughs> like that like she is the comedy well yeah. and speaking of that well well let me let me let me finish the thought and then okay. and then i'll go into speaking go of that i'm shocked that this has not been remade really it's been it's been 30 years, 30 plus years. 
Well, and Patrick Swayze's dead. Sure. Like, I could see them remaking this movie. So who would be the Patrick Swayze of today, then? Paul Rudd? No, it's too old. <laughs> I actually could see them doing It's got to a... be some young adult. So and that's where I could... Robert Pattinson could do it. I could see... True. ...them doing the gender switch thing. So this movie was actually remade in J- Japan or Korea. I cannot remember. Folks at home will correct me. And they did it where the woman was the one that died. She was the businesswoman, and the and the husband was the artist. And they just flipped the gender. Um, I guess that would still. Work. I can't remember when that came. It would still work. Yeah, it's why? Like, same. why not? Actually, yeah, all everything that would be in the film, like just switching genders, it wouldn't be a big deal. Ooh, is the female the bad guy though? Then is my question. And who's the I Demi Moore? I are can't big tell you who today's. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could tell you who today's any of them are, of of who is today's Patrick Swayze. I actually would, would say today's Patrick Swayze is Chris Pratt. I don't know. <laughs> that brings up an interesting thought. I don't know oh, about okay. that. Okay, folks at home, right into the mailbag. No matter what time you watched it, this, if this is five years in the future, if that's this right. is now, I don't care. If the email is defunct. Still tell tell us, us who, in today's world, even if it's 10 years from now, who would be recast in your ghost remake? In all three of the main parts. And the villain. And the villain's part. Yeah, four parts. So, you mentioned the comedy thing. This movie is directed by Jerry Zucker. Do you know who Jerry Zucker is, Rachel? No. Okay. Should I? You do know who he is. You know some of his films. They're gonna be. They're going to be done. They're on the list. Of course. Airplane. Oh. <laughs> Naked Gun. Okay. <laughs> We're doing his most successful movie. Of his movies, his most personal favorite movie. I guess because all the other movies are farces and spoofs. Yes. I bet it's so because of him, the thriller aspect, too. He used to do, like, it would be him, his brother. And so it was a Zucker-Abrams-Zucker trio would do airplane naked gun those type of movies gotcha. although he didn't direct naked gun he produced it but i mean they were all there this was a big departure from what he was usually doing right obviously and i think he wanted to try something totally different i almost wonder if that's why all these genres are kind of blended together like it's it's really a a because genre of blending. Together? Yeah. Okay. I could see that. You know what I mean? It's totally different than like what you he did. Because like you work in your signature mm-hmm. is doing these parodies. Parodies and comedy. And it kind of makes some sense that suddenly when you're put in a position to do this type of scene or or this type of movie, it is a blend mm-hmm. of. Ones that what, you what really you wanted it? to try. The drama fantasy romance <laughs> Like, thriller. you know what? That's right. I did. You did everything <laughs> in this movie. I've always wanted to do a drama and a fantasy and a romance and a thriller. Why not mix it all up into one? I like it. The writer of the movie is then Bruce Joel Rubin, who won the Oscar for Best Screenplay for this. And he was worried about the fact that Zucker was going to be the director because he was like, wait, you're going to get the guy that did Airplane to direct my serious romance thriller? Right. (laughs) 
But I guess they hashed it out, and he really like thought that Zucker had a ton of input. Mm-hmm. He said they went through nineteen drafts of the script. Whoa! I don't know if that's, that I don't know if that's a lot or not. Is that I was gonna say? Is that normal? Is that typical? It seems like a lot. Okay. I think it seems like a lot, but I have no idea if it's typical or not. And that was how the writer and the director came together. And I guess they just decided to come up with this idea. The the writer says the idea came from twofold. So he was seeing a play. I want to say it was Macbeth. It has but to it could be have been because Hamlet. it's in Macbeth. It, like Macbeth is yeah, in I this. Think it, yeah, I think it was Macbeth. So that would be and my as as is typical of Shakespearean plays and stuff, there's always a ghost. And they said, so the writer, Joel Rubin, said that he heard the line or was watching the play and he got the idea of doing a ghost story from the ghost point of view. Because like in the Shakespeare's plays, the ghost always shows up to warn or to to say, you know, avenge me, Mm -hmm. avenge me. (laughs) I can't do the, I can't do Norman Osborn right now. That Avengery comes right. up a lot in Shakespeare. <laughs> so this was Avenge Me, but it's Avenge Me from the ghost point of view. Okay. So that's where the idea comes from. So there's there's even lines from Shakespeare in this. Like she tells Sam he leads a, a charmed life. Mm-hmm. That's from Macbeth. Okay. Macbeth says he leads a charmed life, which it means you can't be killed, is what the interpretation is supposed oh, to be. Interesting. Okay. Right. So it's supposed to be like foreshadowing and stuff. There were a few foreshadowings in this. Yeah. I mean, it's won the Oscars mean nothing. Awards mean nothing. It does not mean that you get an automatic, you know, place on the shelf or not. We'll have an Oscar shelf. We're trying to. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have a fucking Oscar shelf. But what, what we're doing is I'm just setting the stage for what this movie is and and the impact that it had at that particular point in time and still does. Mm -hmm. Because not only did the writer win an Oscar for this, this was nominated for Best Picture in 1990 as well, which was the last time the highest grossing movie was nominated for Best Picture. The Oscar that was also won for this movie was by Whoopi Goldberg. She won the Oscar for this performance. Cool. There there she goes. <laughs> Her story comes in that so a ton of people were supposed were were up for the role of Sam and consequently also for Molly. Molly was almost more set in stone. They said that they cast Demi more because she could cry on cue, oh, which you can tell in this movie. She's very good at crying. She is good at crying. I'll, I'll give like, her that it's, one. Yeah. It's pretty damn good. But Sam was supposed to be all these different characters or all these different actors tried out for Sam. Patrick Swayze wanted the role. So he wanted to read for the role. Oh, that's because he wanted to do something that wasn't all action. He wanted to do something else. He had just done Roadhouse and a couple of other action movies. So he wanted to do something that wasn't all action. They were worried that it being Patrick Swayze was going to be like stunt casting almost because it's like you're going to put the Roadhouse guy in your ghost movie. They were ready for him to read. They wanted him to read it because Zucker thought at that point Swayze didn't have to, yeah. and because he wanted to read for it, he thought that he, that like meant he had a, like a passion to do it, sure. and he was good. So they they got him. You know, I'm kind of surprised they, got... they didn't want him though, just because of the Roadhouse part, because he already did Dirty Dancing. 
which is also kind of oh, that yeah. romance part. So you know sure. that he kind of can get that chemistry with the other person. I don't know. I would think that people, I think of Patrick Swayze as a romance guy, not an action guy. So I don't know if that's because of these two movies or if there's another reason for that. Well, if I say Leslie Nielsen to you, you think of him as comedy, a comedian. Yes. Yeah. But he, he wasn't that for the first 30 years of his career. That's true. Jerry yeah. Zucker, Jerry Zucker brought him in to do airplane. Okay. And now, now you know him as the comic spoofy, weird, you know, yes. crazy guy. <laughs> right. So now you think of that's how Zucker. I think I think Zucker actually does this more often than than not. He brought some brought brings in someone you don't expect to be the the lead. It's kind of the same way that it did this. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, maybe I'm just grasping at straws with that. But yeah, yeah, because you think of Patrick Swayze as your romance. Like that heart, but he wasn't. So like, it's surprising that you wouldn't want him because, like, women would be like, "Oh yes, like obviously." <laughs> or would you want someone that's more like your average Joe and not the heartthrob? I guess that's true because he is kind of just like the business guy. You know, he's not like I don't know what what's like a sexy what's a what's a, a sexy, sexy job occupation? Yeah, what's a sexy occupation for a man? I don't know. Uh, like a obviously everybody thinks it's like architect and it's just, why is it always an architect you think an architect is a sexy I feel I'm like an that, comes up, that comes up a lot it's like oh we need like the 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 lead man to have like a more interesting sexy job give him an architect like I find that odd but yes fireman something you do with like your muscles you're a bit like stronger more manly yeah. man type of thing that's right yeah you know, quote yeah. unquote. <laughs> yeah. So sexy maybe this job. was supposed to be more of Folks, the Folks, let us know what Joe. some sexy jobs are out there. If you want to get sexier, you have to go do this profession. <laughs> There's nothing sexier than being an actuary. <laughs> oh, come up with come up with that projected lifespan. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. But insurance claim is yes, so sexy. That's right. Oh my god. Oh, oh yeah, work, honey. Oh, you work for the IRS? Hi. <laughs> I looked at spreadsheets for ten hours today. Do me now. <laughs> anyway. No, it like claims adjuster. Yeah, like those are those it's are usually, not. Yeah. It's usually like the button pressing, like numbers crunching kind of person. Anything that you say in is IT boring. Yeah. Anything in IT would also be counted as boring or non sexy. I mean you all you have to do is you have to look at like what jobs aren't in pornos. <laughs> like that's <laughs> I don't know now that you're saying that for some reason i could see them being like oh hi you know like <laughs> well that's yeah but that's in specific setups like, do, yeah secretary this is setup. true right that's specific it's, it's, setups. it's that and, and um, i guess oh god what's that stupid movie with the where they have to change the girl her look in order to to pretend she's sexier now the teen movie. She's all that. It's like a she's all that situation where it's like, oh, you're a boring whatever you call it. And then all of a sudden he's really sexy or she's super sexy and like not boring because she put her hair down type of thing. Anyway, <laughs> they cast Patrick Swayze. Oda Mae Brown played by Whoopi Goldberg. Mm -hmm. They 
were casting according to Whoopi, and then it actually the, it, it's verified by a lot of the others. I watched a couple of like the videos of of just inter- them interviewing way after the film came out, and then even when the film came out of where did they find Whoopi or, or how did they find Whoopi? So, I mean, she was known. She's a well-known name. Right. But they were looking at a ton of different people to play her, including Tina Turner and Oprah. And I have to say, I don't think it would have worked. No, I don't I think, think it think would Oprah have. might have. I think maybe I, Oprah could have. I don't think she would have been as funny. No, she would not have been as funny. That's 100%. She would have been way more, I'm doing this seriously no matter what you tell me. And then I don't know if that would have been funny because she's so serious about her role or if it would have just like lost all of its like character that it has now with Whoopi. Whoopi brings an entire different, she she fills this character. You understand everything about this character Absolutely. through Whoopi's performance. So I guess they didn't really want Whoopi to be, in with because they 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 were trying to find somebody that wasn't a big name like they specifically mm. said like they aren't sure if they want Whoopi and they Patrick Oprah? Swayze well or I guess Tina like Turner? past Oprah like once once they got past Oprah and Tina Turner they were like well let's let's get somebody like a, a known non-name gotcha Patrick Swayze said he wanted Whoopi Goldberg he wanted them to at least audition Whoopi Goldberg and like read Whoopi Goldberg because he thought that she would be good for the part. That's funny. That's interesting. He convinced them to bring in Whoopi Goldberg. Of course, she was, you know, they had good chemistry. They worked mm-hmm. really well mm-hmm. and they cast her. That is where Whoopi Goldberg came in. And clearly it's an interesting performance. It's a memorable performance by it Whoopi. It is, yes. Part of her EGOT. Do you know what an EGOT is, Rachel? Maybe I don't. It's the term for when a celebrity gets an, an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Because oh. it's like the fourth. Like, Yeah. Right. So Whoopi Goldberg, one of the few people with an EGOT. I forgot about and that. And the O came from Ghost. Ghost. It, it's just interesting because it, and it's hard to find, again, because it's not like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Where we have news footage of people go like going crazy over ghosts, so it's hard to find like were. what. I kind of wish there were lines and video footage of people with like signs, and they're dressed up as the characters. Maybe there is. It'd be kind of fun. See if I can find it. I'm just gonna look up ghost ghost opening day. <laughs> see if I can find anything. Go to images. It's probably just gonna be a bunch of posters. <laughs> All right. Well, half of the problem every time I was typing in anything to find information about the movie, I have to put in Ghost 1990 because otherwise you get there's a ghost here and all this like stupid shit about ghosts. Oh my god! Or you get the band Ghost. But yeah, I don't see I don't see a whole lot. Um, the other thing that is important to bring up, and that is the song, the song that plays a couple times during the movie, and then there's the orchestral version of it. Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers mm-hmm. used to great effect. It is, actually. It is. If you couldn't understand it's... what Kevin was singing, I will put a small clip of it here. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go, my... You gotta do that. You can't go. Ah. 
You can't do like you can't just half ass it. You gotta push yourself <clears throat> into Okay, it hang on. Let me let me pull it up then I will I'll do it. <laughs> My darling. Hello. Hello. I have this all recorded. Your touch. It fits the movie. Not the plot of the movie, but Sam's goal. Well, yeah. You're just rocking out now. I love this song. And time goes by. So slowly, and time can do so much. So the point of this movie, yeah, it fucking is. This is an awesome fucking song. I'm sorry, I started listening to it. <laughs> it's hard to stop listening to it. It really is. That's a song from the 60s. So it'd be the equivalent of doing like some NSYNC song today, probably. It was originally made for some other movie. And it just fits because it's talking about wanting wanting her touch. Is she still right. his? Not being able to like be there. So it, it fits the, the whole thing of the movie. It does. The other part of it that is good also. And we're music nerds. A little bit. So we have to mention the orchestral version of mm-hmm. it as well. Maurice Jarre or Jarre did the score for this movie. He won the Oscar for best score. Okay. In this movie? For this movie. Can you can you hear it, Rachel? Yes. I'm playing a little bit of the Oh, it's and it's just It's the it's melancholy and it's, it's uplifting. It's gorgeous. I don't know if I would say the entire score is, but this orchestral version of Unchained Melody deserves all of the props. You can feel. I don't know if it'd be my. Tr- I don't know if it'd be my track of 1990 when it comes to movie score tracks, or if this would be the. I don't know. I feel like we have to now. Because it's it's one of the highest grossings of 1990. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we do all of the other movies from 1990 that we hit, we'll we'll find out. But, but this one, this score, at least, pretty pretty good. I like this, yeah. So Rachel's going to go, are you going to go grab some tissues before we get through the walkthrough? I, I think you... I think I'll be okay. Okay. I want to make sure that you're okay. I will tell you, I don't think, the movie didn't make me cry. It did not make me cry either. And I don't know if that's Spider-Man just because, no like, home. I'm in a mood, or... Right. <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home might have made me cry. Ghost? I don't know what that means about me and my priorities in life, but that's where we're at. In Mexico, apparently, they handed out envelopes. Uh, This was in the IMDb trivia, so who knows if this is true or not. But they handed out envelopes to women that or it said like women only and it was tissues while they went when they went to see ghosts or something like that. Are you kidding? (laughs) All right. Well, before you besmirch Mexico, let me (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what chain it was. It wasn't like the country was passing out tissues. Maybe they were. Just in case you were going to ghost. Oh, you know they were. Every woman in Mexico apparently went to ghost. 
All right, so that's what, yeah, this is from IMDb. It says, at theatrical showings in Monterey, Mexico, women in the audience were given envelopes marked solo para mujeres, which means for women only, and it was containing tissues. And I'm sure it was because women were mostly the ones that drove the box office for this. Well, I would imagine that was, like, their target audience, of course, was going to be, like, woman, right? (laughs) Like, this is who it's for, but... I don't know. I feel like it's it's a bit wrong that they only handed out to women. Why didn't they just like go oh, every seat in the theater gets a gets a tissue type of thing? Whatever. Well, it was nineteen ninety. <laughs> I know, I know. The feminist in me went, so, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah. Yes. Gonna, we're gonna get letters about that one. So anyway, I do want to know for the folks that either watch this for the first time for the show, which wonderful, or that this is a favorite of theirs or whatever. Did it make you cry? I do want to know that. I, I don't I, know if it I did or not. I don't know if it would, it didn't make me cry and it makes me kind of feel bad that I didn't cry, but I, I think I'm just in a mood. I did get emotion oh, yeah. at the end. I, I did, did I have that like, oh, I did have, okay. I didn't cry, but I did get that point where I was like, oh, say this say this like i really wanted it to be said like i did get yeah, into I mean, it like close close <laughs> i did get into it for the listeners for myself for you let's go get some tissues real quick we'll have a word from our fake sponsor and when we come back we will do the walkthrough of 1990s ghost ghost who asked you to go out of town the stupid young one or the married one the married one that's what we thought don't go you hear me hmm. and you know what you're not listening to me because i see you going <laughs> i see you going i'm just telling you i'm trying to help you to avoid the heartache don't go blindly through life let me use the power of the tarot to show you the way call me now for your free reading call 1-800-355-3765 the 15 sexiest jobs according to Tinder. Okay. Okay, for men. Split. Uh, which is what we're talking about. Pilot. Founder op- entrepreneur, which to me just sounds mm-hmm. like a deadbeat. You know he's probably like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah, if... To me, whenever I hear that, that's like a, listen, yeah. don't do that. Listen, listen. <laughs> now, I'm telling you this as a single man, but yeah, I would say if somebody tells you they're an entrepreneur, that's probably a red flag. Absolutely. Unless they can tell you the business model of what their entrepreneurship is, don't pursue that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three, firefighter. Four. Which we expected. Doctor. Uh-huh. Five, TV radio personality. Oh, there we go. Hey, I'm. here we are, Rachel. Is that what we counted? Oh, that's weird. All right. The podcast is just the internet that's radio. The radio. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Six, teacher. I'm so. What was that? A teacher? A teacher. I, not, not professor. Okay. It says teacher. So I don't know if that's the same, but to me, yeah, hearing teacher that. versus professor is different. Seven, engineer. Eight, model. Nine, paramedic. Ten, college student. That's not a profession. It's not a profession. 11, As lawyer. much as some people that we know think it is, it's not. 11, lawyer. 12, yeah, I can see that. personal trainer. Okay. 13, 
financial advisor. Right. Which is kind of what he's doing. Yeah. Police officer. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Not today. Military. Of course. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. We're back! (laughs) We're ready to do the walkthrough of Ghost from 1990. The film starring Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, and the incomparable Whoopi Goldberg. All right, so let's you know, let's it, get I right find, into. I do find it interesting that those are like the three main characters. Why is it interesting? Just like because like the bad guy is not considered a main character when it's like the whole reason well, for the movie to be what it is. True, he is the catalyst for everything. But I mean, it's the and he's, he's there. a he's supporting just always character. Fucking there. <laughs> well, he's just yes. always there. Anyways, sorry. Yes, we can discuss. So the the movie begins with. The opening credits and it's where you'd expect a horror movie. What do I mean by this big stone score at the beginning? I had to have that has to be a typo. Well, I mean, so the opening credits, it's it's very like orchestral, but it sounds kind of spooky. So it it, they're trying to make it scary. Like it's a scare. Like I'm like, when I first started this, I'm like. It's not actually a horror movie, right? Like, that's literally what I thought. And then all of a sudden they it's did a... this big, bah! with the ghost <clears throat> Yeah, when, they, when the ghost screen. comes up, and it's very simple font, yes. the ghost font, it, it does do like a, a jump scare sound, sound effect. Yes. But the music is even kind of like, ooh, ominous. Right. Because as they're doing the opening credits, it's taking you through it. It looks like a dingy attic. Mm-hmm. And it is doing kind of like a spooky spooky score as, as it goes through. But what you find out is that it's not a spooky... Well, I guess it's kind of a spooky attic, but it's this new apartment because the first thing after the opening credits happens is a sledgehammer goes to the wall and they're breaking... Or, or the ceiling. Right. And they're breaking through this wall down because they're renovating this new apartment that they've I would they've not got. call it new. This thing is dusty and old and has a lot of 80 crap years in it. of dust. Yeah. It's an old apartment, but it is their new apartment. That's true. It's, yes. It's their new apartment. Right. And we have three people that are doing this renovation and they've knocked the wall down. And I could not for the life of me figure out what that, like, how this was built. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, they break down the ceiling and they're like, oh, look, oh, there's all this room. Right. But then they're like looking through this like loft area, and this apartment is freaking huge. huge. It's enormous. It is enormous. It's like they took a warehouse and like decided to make it into an apartment. I think what it is is later on we see that there is kind of like that loft area, right, with the big staircase. I think yeah. they got rid of the ceiling in that giant ceilinged room. Okay. I think that, that's that, what they got rid I, of. Okay. I can get behind Yeah, it's an impossible movie apartment. They are honestly. I do think it was more of like a business place before they got it because there is like sewing machines and mannequins that are all just covered in dust. So what if it was more of like a textile company, and then they just bought it and made it into they moved it from a commercial to residential. It got rezoned. What if they? It's did? now a big apartment building. It's possible. It's possible. So that's. Best. I mean, they're in like that's the financial thought. district. Mm-hmm. The setting is New York. 
and I was trying to figure out where the apartment, like, you know, what would, like, cause I thought the same thing of like, this apartment is ridiculous. Like these people are loaded. Right. And I still think that they would be loaded because like, I, I was trying to find something. I couldn't find like a very credible or, or necessarily like other than like hearsay here or there, of, like how much this kind of apartment would be worth. Right. But it's like millions of dollars. Like this apartment is ridiculous. Sure. I agree. It's one of those goofy things that happen in movies and TV shows where they're like, oh, this is my apartment and I'm I'm poor, but it's enormous and it's way bigger than what you would get in real life. The Jerry Seinfeld apartment is smaller than this and Jerry probably makes more money than Sam. <laughs> yes, but he's also that's a, a bit more... Oh, that's true. Jerry is way bit, more cheap yeah, he's a bit than, cheaper. than Sam. Yeah, he's a bit more humble about everything. <laughs> <laughs> We're comparing Jerry Seinfeld from Dude. Seinfeld to Sam. What no, if, what that's if, wait, legitimate. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, go ahead. That's a legitimate comparison because we've been stuck in 1990 for a while. We've sure. done 1990 before. Yes, we we did the first season of Seinfeld. That's 1990 New York. This is the perfect comparison. Yes. So we can compare those two things. But here's the deal. You think Sam is the money, the breadwinner, the the money maker in this in this couple? Bringing home the bacon. What if she is? What if she is actually a very popular artist? <laughs> well, she's a rising artist. That's also true. She's a rising artist, how do we, which how we do find you, out later. Do we know that? She mentioned something about she's going to have pieces displayed in a gallery, okay. and the New York Times is going to review it. I don't. Well, that might be a big so, deal. No, it is a big deal. She thinks she's nervous about it because it's a big deal. Right. So, like, I think she's a rising artist. So, okay. I think she, I think she makes money. I don't think she's a, I don't know, a famous artist that makes a lot of money now. But I don't think she's like a millionaire artist. But I think that she's getting by. It's paying the bills. I think she could be selling NFTs nowadays. She'd have some, uh, some of her pot pottery. Okay. okay. Everybody says NFTs. I still don't get it. It's getting a digital asset that's It's supposed linked. to probably protect the person, but I don't fucking think it's doing anything. I don't think it means anything because you still don't have the rights to it. You can still copy and download the picture somewhere else. Right. I think it's all, it's a, it's a very speculative market I mean, where you, they think uh, that. I mean, do they think they're tagging the link or something? Yes. I mean, do they think yes. they're, they're putting some type of trace on it like i don't know i guess so i think it seems like a fishy thing to do and it seems like a lot of money laundering is probably going on through oh, it money laundering oh, used to go through art of. all the time <laughs> sorry well, i couldn't help right. myself <laughs> no well it's it's a it's a good thing to point out this that the movie's themes there's a lot of things with greed there's romance i never put two and two together money laundering and art have always been kind of a thing where like some pieces of the art community could be you know in shady business right they always they always yeah. kind of tend to do that you know in movies it's like oh i'm like the dirty dealer of the art stuff in the background type of thing i don't think that she's a dirty dealer though. oh no i'm not saying she's a dirty dealer no that'd be an another dirty twist, dealer though. in this that's doing money pretty, laundering that would on be the a side pretty, that would be a pretty interesting twist that's how they have the money for this place exactly oh my god she's she's crooked De she's uh, also molly's crooked. crooked it makes sense so I anyway never, i would never believe that honestly <laughs> there are three main characters the guys with their shirts off of course are yeah. and she's wearing overalls because it's 1990 i don't know I and think they're cute they're very in now dungarees if you will overalls are in now yeah huh 
That's a fad I didn't need. Didn't didn't need to see come back. So anyway, <laughs> we meet the three characters: the two guys, Sam Wheat and Carl. I don't know if Carl has a last name. Do we? Oh no, he Does has a last he? name. It's like oh, Carl Belcher or something like that. Belcher. Bruner, Carl Bruner, and then Molly, Molly Jensen. So what we find out is that Sam and Molly are boyfriend and girlfriend. Carl's just Sam's best friend that right. hangs out with them all the time. Right, the third wheel. He, he is the third wheel. <laughs> Demi Moore is playing Molly. So if I say Demi, it's it's Molly. But Molly says, oh, think of, we, you know, we, we're going to knock out the ceiling. Think of all the space we'll have. And you kind of get the idea of like how pragmatic Sam is because he's like, space for what? And she says, just space. And it's like, right, you, you kind of... space sake, yeah. Yeah. Which, of course, like, these people with this giant-ass apartment are like, we have so much space to do nothing in! <laughs> but, yeah, I think it is just kind of developing their personality as her. She's a bit more carefree. She's He's a bit more by-the-books type of thing. And while they're cleaning stuff out, I think it's Carl that finds this Indian head penny... I don't know. If you just hear somebody say, Indian head penny, like yeah. Millhouse. Okay, Millhouse. <laughs> Sam says that it, uh, he is kind of Millhouse. <laughs> he is. Now that I've said it, I can't stop thinking about it. So Sam says that finding this penny is a good omen. And they start basically making out, which I thought was weird because, like, your friend's there. You don't need to be, like, making out like that in front of your friend. I think they were just kissing and getting, like, excited. They're not making Yeah, no, out. I... <laughs> all right, all right, I agree, fine. <laughs> so anyway, they're really no, excited because... I agree, they... you don't want to do that in front of a friend, then it just makes it more awkward that he's there. Sam might be keeping Carl around because of the fact that, like, he's got some commitment issues. This movie's very tropey. This movie has a lot of cliches in it. And Sam has commitment issues, so maybe that's why he's keeping Carl around, so you can always be like, but Carl's right here, kind of a thing. <laughs> he seems that not into the relationship oh no he is he is another really i mean i've been i'm third wheel all the fucking time and i never feel awkward about it i don't think carl does either i think carl's just there i mean later on in the movie sam invites carl to go basically on a date with them well that's I've, just kind of the way they I, are carl's not i kept thinking okay oh that's weird Okay, here, two things, two things I was going to say. Okay. I meant that it doesn't seem like Sam doesn't want to be in the relationship and is trying to be out of it because Carl's always there. I think he is in the relationship. Because you're saying that he's kind of, like, uncommittal. I don't think he comes across as uncommittal to me. No, he doesn't, but there's, like, the cliched idea that we'll get to in a little bit of, like, him not wanting to say I love you, right, and that's, I guess that's, that's what I mean. That's and, what I mean by not then, wanting to commit. In that scene where he asks him to come along, I kept thinking, oh yeah, bring your girlfriend, because it'll be a double. He doesn't have a girlfriend. No, he's just, just their friend. He's just always there. Yeah, he's just their friend. That's fine. He's their buddy. That's fine. It's fine. It's it's actually kind of No, it's nice. It's real. just like it's like, oh, I just for some reason I kept thinking it was like, oh, let's double, we'll go to the we'll go to the theater together. No, he's just he's just their he's just their extra. Cut to Sam and Carl walking to work. They're, they get up from the subway. They're going to some bank, we find out. I kept trying to figure out what the hell is his job. 
the it's description very, of the movie just, like it's very kind of like open ended i think well the description money. the description says investment banker oh, okay if you like look up the synopsis it says he's an investment banker which makes sense sure. based on like what he's doing they're very 90s ish sam's wearing suspenders mm-hmm. he's nervous about the uh, meeting with the japanese which is very 1990 right he's actually trying to learn like some greetings and stuff you can tell he's repeating them over and over to himself yeah to try well, to he like can't blow, impress them can't blow the big deal <laughs> the kobayashis are coming in well like kaiser sose is not gonna come to the meeting it's just gonna be kobayashi <laughs> Wait, so this they're actually dealing with Kobayashi and Kaiser It Jose. explains a lot about what could be happening if he was dealing with Kobayashi. It's all connected. Yeah, makes sense. Our shared shelf life universe. <laughs> I think this is all to show that they're like super successful people because well, they have the, they're they're successful. They're yuppies. That would be the term that you would use in the late 80s, 1990 for this the, how these guys act. They're yuppies. Have you, you know that term, Rachel? Do you know what a yuppie is? I've heard of yuppie, but I don't, I don't know the definition. Young person with a well-paid job and a fashionable lifestyle from the 80s, according to dictionary.com. So I could see that. I think that's... No, I wouldn't call yeah. them, like, very wealthy, because they even passed a car that looks like some sports crazy-looking car, and they're like, oh, gotta pay off the Mustang first, or whatever. And it's like, yeah, so you know that they're not super rich. No, they're not in the 1%. Right. But they are successful. I think I think that's true, yes. So they go into a crowded elevator. This is weird. And I and maybe it's just because of the times, but it this is weird to me. And I would They were wearing masks to push the wall down. It's very uh taking it off. Every they'd push the wall down, there'd still be dust flying everywhere and she'd take the mask off. That bothered the heck out of me. 30 or yeah 30 years on we know keep that mask on folks everyone just keep your masks on even if the pandemic's over when you're listening to this you're doing something with like insulation and like yeah you you should always wear a mask everywhere put the damn mask on and keep it yeah especially during this time you know that there was asbestos in that apartment (laughs) but they're in this crowded elevator and they're making up a fake disease to scare the other people in the other in the elevator which i couldn't tell if they were doing because the elevator was too crowded and they were trying to get people off the elevator or if this was just something that they were doing for fun it felt like i guess there was something they were doing for fun I guess it's just to freak people out. It's just a practical joke. Yeah, I guess this is supposed to show like their their humor, how they get along, they're joking with each other, that kind of stuff. Right. And, and they get back into the office, and then there's a line in here that you definitely can't say in an office today, and I don't really even know if you would have been able to say it in an office then or if you should say it in an office, period, where they're saying like hi to people as they pass by, and he passes by this one lady, and he goes, hey, morning, Susie, you are looking good. Did you you catch that one? I I did catch that one. Of course I caught that one. Of course I did. Well, because, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, you know, probably... this is why sexual harassment videos are very well-known in the office situations. (laughs) Like, it might have been... It might have been innocent at the time, but, like, it's one of those things where, like, watching it now, you're like, oh, wow. Can't say that. That's totally the gray area. You gotta stay out of there. You are so (laughs) good-looking. His assistant or somebody is telling him that the Japanese are already there. Yeah, because he has an office. Need... He, is a, he does have his own closed-door office. 
Yes. He is successful. Yes, he does. You're right. You're right. Is that that's your measurement for success? Yes. A close a do, an office with a closing door. Yes. He's successful. His friend, not so much, because he's out in the open. That's true. He is out in the open. He is a he has an office, Carl does not. Sam yeah. has an office, Carl isn't. Carl has a cubicle, yes. Well, and not really a cubicle, else... but you know what I mean. And Molly brings up a promotion at one point. I don't know if it's a promotion he's gunning for or if he got a promotion mm. and he's worried or he, it's like a lot of work because he just got a promotion. So he's just worried about being promoted and doing Yes, doing and now having job more and... responsibilities. Right. Oh, it could Maybe, be. I kind of like that interpretation more. Versus because him it, it, getting a new promotion. Getting a new promotion. Because it kind of explains where him and Carl are at, their motivations in the movie. Right. He, Makes he sense. got the promotion, the other one didn't. I like that. I'm, yeah. I'm going to stick with that one. Because a lot of this is ambiguous. They don't really say what he does. They don't really say, like, oh, what Yeah, promotion. I mean, I get how it's investment banking, because, like, they get they have clients, and the clients want money transferred to different accounts or something. Yeah, to there's something do with investment. that. That was weird to me. He asked Carl to do the transfer because he needs to go meet with the Japanese right. company. We never find uh, so he he gives Carl like this. I think it was a Mac code or something like a, a code it, to be able to do the password. transfer. Yeah, just like yeah. just call it a password. Gizmo. It's Gizmo. Which yeah, his password's Gizmo. His password is not Gizmo, but it's I a. I kind of wish it was. We're gonna yeah, say it's but... his Gizmo password though. But he does have to give it to the to give it to him. Because he doesn't have, Wait. like, a password himself. So he does have to give him, like, well, a, an admin I was password it, to me. And I'm like, I was eh. thinking if it was if it was Sam's client, yeah. only Sam has authority to do the transfer. Sure. Like, you know, to I do a, a control. But yeah, he, he has to give him the password. Why are you shirtless, Patrick Swayze, while you're working on your house? Just seemed odd. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, to your point, with all the dust and the asbestos, you'd probably want to wear a shirt. Because you're going to, like, you'd be itchy. Yes! Like, there's insulation and stuff. Right! Although, those old, if it's so an old... old. You, yeah, if it's an old New protected. York apartment... Yeah, an old New York apartment might not have insulation. Because, like, true. it's an old draft no apartment. No insulation, but, but asbestos everywhere. Asbestos everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So he goes and meets with the Japanese while Carl gets the gets the code. We never find out how this meeting with the Japanese goes. No. They never say. Which is what I kind of thought they were going to talk about when she says, like, oh, is it just a promotion? I thought he was going to be like, oh, no, that meeting, I don't know if it went well. I thought he was going to say something with the meeting. Yeah, he no, they, he just dismisses it like, no, Gone. It's, no it's not fine. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's okay. So we cut to some delivery guys are trying to get this angel statue into the apartment. Yes. Very. Did she make this angel? Yes. Is this a piece of her art? I think it's a piece of her art. Yes. Okay. And they're struggling to do so. I. But it's also very, I... you know, foreshadowing. It's... Yes. Angels. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why were they trying to bring it in through the window? Because it's too big for the doorway. Oh, Okay. Okay. Because you'd have to get it. One, it's an apartment, and they're like, like probably on the top because they have like a lofted one, so it's two stories, and so yeah, they you must see be it on the top. Yeah. So there's there's apartments or something, businesses or something below them. There's no way it's gonna get up the stairs or in the elevator. Well, later on, there's renovation going on the floor below when Whoopi Goldberg is shouting at the window. So right, that's true. Swayze is there, and he does this 
roadhouse kick. Oh my well, God. first he grabs her off of the ledge, oh, which is terrifying. Never do that. But then, then he does this weird roadhouse kick to make it have enough to momentum like to pendulum yeah. back. It was all very dangerous. Like, when is this man going to die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is foreshadowing him jumping out the window. This is uh, a period of time where I can probably mention how 90s everyone looks and is dressed, or how late 80s, early 90s. We've got Patrick Swayze is wearing the craziest shirt you've ever fucking seen. It is this multicolored... <laughs> like it's got a lot of pattern yes yeah there's i couldn't think of a pattern to say because it's multiple patterns he's got this quack going on well he's got the patrick swayze here there there is nothing but just saying that's the patrick swayze hair yeah he has his patrick swayze hair and she's got yeah a boy cut yeah she's got the pixie yeah she's got a bob like no, it's this, not like, a bob. A bob with it like hair down to your chin. This is a oh. pixie cut. Okay, my apologies Which to really bobs and pixies out. But then she's like, she's a bit more tomboy because she's got like that, like the grunge look with like the, the button down she shirt. Does some grunge, yeah, yeah. And then well, but they all have those all stupid poofy artist. pants. I don't know if that's like an eight, like a late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, it is. Where it's like that's the, the poofy jeans pants, or anything, yeah. they all look kind of loose and poofy. Yeah, lots of bag, lots of baggy, <laughs> baggy clothing. That's the word. <laughs> and clearly, some time has passed because there looks better. They painted. There's furniture yeah. being brought in, like they've remodeled the place. Absolutely. At this point, it doesn't look like a warehouse anymore. Carl is there. Carl Again. comes by for some reason. He's always there. He's always there. And he's, I'm and he's he wasn't uh, just eating a bag of chips or something. Like, hi guys. Like, <laughs> just comes around the corner. He's helping them get the angel in. Mm -hmm. and, and Sam talks about getting to keep his ugly chair. Yes. Okay, again, now that you've said it, it doesn't come back. And I'm kind of chair? upset that the yeah. ugly chair, the ugly recliner chair she's not just like constantly sitting in or something like she I just, should be sitting in it yeah. i just want she it to always be, be sitting there in i want it to show how upset she is that she i'm like i'll never get rid of this chair you know all yes. of that stuff i'm kind of upset the chair never came back i agree they they set up the chair they should they should yes. have had that be either she can't sit in it and like carl goes right. to sit in it and she like yells at him yes or She's she always, always is, in like, it. in the fetal position, like, falls asleep in the chair. She lays like, in the chair as if it's him holding her. Yeah. I would love that. That would be great. But it's not. Yeah. And it makes me Jerry sad. Zucker, if you're listening, add a scene. For the 30th we're, anniversary or something. When we're going to remake something. this movie, make sure it, but... that chair is, you know, mentioned again. That's right. We need that chair back. And I think it's a lovely chair. I don't think it's ugly. No, it it's looks, just a, it looks it's a leather recliner. It, it looks comfy. perfectly fine. Yeah. But I think she's going for more of that, like, one of her art pieces is kind of modern and interesting. So I'm kind of wondering if she just wants it to look more like Art Deco modern in the house. Oh, she wants this place to look like the fucking Beetlejuice house. I don't she think wants... she does. I think it's more Art Deco than Beetlejuice black and white creepy modern house okay that's different <laughs> beetlejuice another movie that has some things to do with this if beetlejuice would have shown up 
in this movie. I wouldn't have batted an eye. Could have been the same universe. Really and he'd be does. like another artist. Like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> but she says she's going to paint the chair. I think so maybe we just. I think it just didn't go with the uh, aesthetics. So it didn't wasn't okay. go with the colors of the of the room. Yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I'll just paint it. Yeah, the chair does not come back. I'm sorry. And for how big this apartment is and how like big this lofty part is, mm-hmm. their bedroom, underwhelming. It's just this like little bedroom yeah, on the top of the stairs, right. which I, I guess goes back to your point of like they kind of cracked out this attic or this like second floor area, and they were like, "Well, this is the, the bedroom." Yeah, yeah. We'll put the bedroom up here, and then we'll have this the bottom open floor space for like... yeah. Is this all this open space? Yeah, because it's probably like we're not gonna spend a lot of time in the bedroom. It's like we'll sleep there, but we're gonna be out in the open where there's like a lot of right. light and all that. Because these these people just they do their loving all over the well, place. Well, that's not what I they... meant. But <laughs> you took that the wrong way. Does she have a like a? She works I would from home. Think... She works there as in the studio there. I know that's what I'm saying. Does she have a studio part of this apartment? She there, just seems to have be. the the pottery wheel is just kind of there. So I'm assuming that she kind of made a studio in the apartment, like right mm-hmm. off of the, the renovations weren't done. Right. Yeah. And it's like we right off only the area. After he's dead, we only see her doing pottery like one more time in the movie, which again is kind of insane. I like, like I feel like more that of her doing art. It should have come back in some way. Yes. Again, at the end of this movie, <sighs> they should have redone the, the scene. I just, it's so weird. Physical and then astro. That's all we needed. We needed it to be a, a, a supernatural pottery wheel scene and then her sitting in his damn chair. That's all I wanted. Those two things should have come back. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I don't, I mean, I agree with you. No, I, I know. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Keep going. I, I, I just thought I just it was like, funny. I just, I wanted to end your rant with the so because I thought it's funnier to do no, that. No, no, no. Go ahead. So they're laying in bed. And Sam is scared that something could go wrong, I guess. He says something. So I here's here's the events in the way that we're depicting them. Wait, what book is he reading? Hold on, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think he's reading talking. Thinner. I think it's Thinner. I wrote it down. It is Thinner. Yeah, so I can't tell if that's like a ghost story thing or a, you know, foreshadowing a curse. Something like that, maybe. Well, maybe. I feel like there's all those little things. Like, you got the angel, you have Thinner, you're saying that he has this really bad feeling. They see the TV, the the the, the news. I don't know where he's coming up with the really bad feeling. Because, like, the way I'm thinking about this is he, he's got a new... A he's got a new house. He's moved in with his girlfriend. This is where we find out that, that they're, they've moved in together. They t- right. they're, they're taking things to the next level, right? as you'd say. He got a promotion at work, we think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And but those two things, because they're two big things happening at once, he thinks something could go wrong. And he says something like, oh. always come in threes, which is a very superstitious superstitious thing to say. But it's it's one of those things where it's like everything always comes in threes. Well, he says that in particular because they turn the TV on and there's a plane crash. And he says something about some other, I don't know if it was another plane. I think it was another plane crash because he was like, I should cancel my my work trip because mm-hmm. these things have... always come in threes. Right. That's an old like wives tale kind of thing. Like sure. the celebrity deaths always come in threes and those kind of things, which 
I mean, where we're doing this, two two famous people died on the same day a couple days ago at the time of this recording. Demi, Molly, is trying to console or trying to raise the spirits of, right. of Sam and say, like, everything will be fine, that kind of thing. And she tells him that she loves him. Yes. And his response... It's ditto. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those, like... <laughs> It's one of those Star Wars things where he goes, I love you. And he goes, I know. It's, it's, I love you. Ditto. It's not as good. I kind of like it better. You like Ditto better? I like Ditto better now. I know is such a good, like. Is it though? Well, no, no. (laughs) I'm saying like, I know, saying I know is so much more like a badass thing to say. I suppose so. I guess in a more Ditto is like such a dorky thing to say. It just sounds like, like, it sounds like a cute inside joke, which I guess is why I like it. Because it's like that, I love you, Ditto. I don't know, it's just something cute about it. No, I'll give you that. I'll give you that if the first couple of times she said, I love you, and he said, Ditto, and then... He says, I love you back. And then then, then from now on, he says ditto because he thinks like... Sure. Because that's the inside joke. Right. Because it, it actually bugs Molly a little bit. It does. That... And she, but she doesn't... She, doesn't, she kind of saves face, though, before they have like that conversation. She smiles when he says it. So it's hard to... Like, this, yeah. At this point, to me, it just feels like, oh, it's just like a cute thing. Like, <laughs> it's silly. We have to get to that conversation, too, because I don't understand his point when he says why he doesn't, but we'll we'll get there. Okay. So at the end of this scene, Patrick Swayze says something about how it could all be over quick. The implication oh, like being life. that, okay. right, that, that your life could be over in a second, in a heartbeat. Just like that. So now, now's the big scene, Rachel. Now it's time, <laughs> at, at folks at home... Put, put Unchained Melody in the background because the jukebox is about to play. I think that I was trying to figure out if this was diegetic sound. Diegetic, for folks that don't know, means is in the universe that you're watching. So the characters can hear the sound. It is. Undiegetic sound is like when a sa- uh, the score. They don't he- you can't hear the score if you're a character. But it is, because she's listening to music, and it's the Yeah, I think she's got the jukebox on, and and Unchained Melody plays. Right. Again, these people have a fucking jukebox in their (laughs) gigantic (laughs) apartment. I don't know how expensive those would be. Well, nowadays, it would just be somebody putting on, like, you know, their iPod or something, and it wouldn't be as... It wouldn't have have the same cinematic look. Like, like you get to see... No, I love the jukebox. It's so cute. You get to see the... The jukebox pull the record out, right. and and it's it, that's a, that's like a nice little moment. Yeah, but she's doing pottery, and she's building this huge ass pot. Right, like this thing is like four feet tall. Yeah, it's a big vase, big vase. Love, of course, you play it again. <laughs> and he comes up, and it's like he's in the like, middle of the night too. By it's the, way. the middle of the night because she's like, what? He's like, why are you up? And and she says she couldn't sleep, so she came down to do some work. And which only an artist could do. No, there's well, yeah, a problem with that, you. That's, that's an easier thing to get back to sleep after doing something creative. All right, I'll give you that. Because I was going to say, like, if you're working in, like, an office and, like, a typical job type of thing, and you get up in the middle of the night to do work, you're way too stressed about your job. Right. <laughs> like, that's, that's way too stressful. Yes. But I guess 
doing something creative they like that. They usually say to do like read something, like read a book or something, or do something yes. creative if you can't sleep and then you go back to bed. I recently read that if you are trying to sleep and you can't get to sleep within 20 minutes, that you should try doing something else to, you know, get your mind worn down because right. it means that your mind will let you get to sleep. Right. My my problem with that always is my go to is to open up, you know, a Marvel comic on the on the tablet or something, and then the your eyes light. then your eyes get all fucked up because right. you shouldn't do that to your eyes. Yeah, you don't want to have the any screen light before you go to bed too. I, yeah, I guess reading a book or something is is your is what you should try to do. Right, <laughs> you're almost there. Just get off of the tablet. Just pull out one of your comic books at that point. <laughs> They're all right there <laughs> so he comes up and he pulls a stool up to sit behind her and this is one of the and, most famous scenes ever this is a classic iconic scene yes and it just seems like a giant mess to me all i could think was oh god that just seems so messy it just goes <laughs> everywhere he's sitting there and, and he kind of you know he's like doing a little like touching her waist kind of thing. I don't know how to describe this. And it's even weirder that I have to describe the sex scene okay. with my sister on the podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, he kind of like pokes her as being flirtatious and like, ooh, like that. And then yeah, but, so he goes to pottery. He goes to touch the pot. And of course the thing collapses. Immediately. Because he's not a an artist. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Right. He's not a sculptist. This was an accident, by the way. So it was not actually supposed to fall. But it did, and they just kind of ran with it. I like it better that he screwed it up. I think it's funnier. Yeah, and it kind of works, too. Molly, Demi Moore does a pretty good reaction to it, too, where she's not, like, mad, but she's kind of like, now nah, I gotta start over again. Yeah, she's kind of like, like, oh, man, all of that work. <laughs> and she apparently did, like, pottery lessons with Jerry Zucker. I was gonna say, because she's doing very good. A pottery wheel is horrendously hard. It's one of the so hardest this... things to do. This is also one of the behind the scenes, the the cinematographer and the production designer were talking about how they had to get the wheel to spin at just the right spin or yes. uh, speed for this scene, because if it's going too fast and they're touching the it the everywhere. way they're touching it, shit gets everywhere. Everywhere. And that's why it just looks messy to me, because it's just <laughs> everywhere. I'm like, Ugh. like, it just is everywhere. And then all of a sudden, magically, they don't have anything on them. But <laughs> yeah, they should have had a bunch of clay, like, hard you, like clay see, on like, hand. Yes, and like kind of like see like handprints on his back or something. Well, like that would have been, good. That would have been, been good. just a little bit, you know, not too much, but just a little bit. Are, to say, I'm like, sorry. Are you finding fault in one of this uh, one of cinema's greatest love scenes? Maybe I'm finding I'm finding improvement. Just a touch up. Just yeah. a little improvements for a when they up. remake this movie. You know. That's right bring the chair back bring back this scene when he's a ghost and a little bit of you know a little bit of more messiness considering how much they had on their hands you know put some handprints on them because what they're doing is she he asks if he if if he can help her like get it back up mm -hmm. no pun intended i'm pretty because <laughs> they're it's very phallic this is while they're doing it's it. very phallic <laughs> like i don't know the innuendo is any... wholly there I don't know if in any of the parodies of this scene anybody ever makes a, a giant penis. They have to. I'm pretty sure. But I've there seen has it. to have been. There has to have been one where it, it becomes a penis. 
because it gets it gets sensual. That's They're also like also just pottery, you know. Well, that's true. Uh, there's that episode of South Park where they all just make dicks out of the pot out of the clay. <laughs> it gets sensual. They're they're touch it. They're they're both got their hands in the clay. To right. your point, they're getting it all and wet. It's, it's all soft wet. And wet and you know. Yeah, get all a little. That. Oh yeah, get so, a little wet. No, too much. <laughs> and as the score swells, as the song kind of swells to the yeah. to the refrain, they start making out as yeah. the as the as the wheel spins, which cl- this thing would fly. Everywhere over the apartment. <laughs> yeah, she's not controlling it anymore. It's, it's everywhere. But it's sexy. It's cute. It's you know. Well, I don't want to. She call it she cute, gets. But... He carries her. He does that yeah. like carrying thing. He's so strong and like oh yeah that's. As, as a below average height and weight man would be difficult for me for pretty much anyone. But you know he's he's a big dude, Patrick Swayze. He does dirty dance. He's dirty dancing with her basically. Basically what he's doing. I do get how this scene is considered so beloved, though. Like, you got the clay stuff, you got the, the it's phallic. Music, the music. And the scene. The flirtiness, the romance. It's very yeah. kind of like, oh, okay. There is no explicit or implied even sex in the scene. I mean, it's implied. She but... kind of makes a face that kind of is like, <laughs> okay, yeah, they're. You're not, I don't think you're witness. you are not witnessing. It's just sex. that it's just the touch that se- well it is sex. What they're doing is sex. All of that is sex. The lead up to sex is sex. It's all sex. Can I say now it again? I'm reminded. Sex. <laughs> we are a siblings podcast and we are, we are brother analyzing the sex scene right now. <laughs> breaking down one of cinema's sexiest scenes. Yep, we're gonna need therapy after tonight. So anyway. Romantic. It is romantic. Your explanation though reminds me of that that line from Seinfeld when <laughs> Elaine asks Jerry, "When is sex sex? Like when is it sex?" <laughs> and Jerry says, "When our friend nipple makes his appearance." <laughs> like, I mean, his nipples were out. He had his shirt off. He did have his shirt so off. So there, That's right. there it is. There's yeah. Well, it was sex. To Jerry but, and, and Seinfeld's definition, it was sex. And they're really going for it. I think I saw that they were going to do an actual sex scene. Okay. No, this was way better. On, like, the floor? I think this works just fine. I, I do think that it, it, it gets across what it's trying to get across. It's more it's sensual. Not... It's more romantic. It's, it's better than that. And it is long. Yes. Like, I, when I was watching this, because it goes through the entire song. Yep. The song ends with the end of the scene. And they're still going. <laughs> so it, <laughs> it's a long love scene. Right. But, as we'll say again, he is alive at this point. And it should have happened when he was dead. So the love scene ends. Mm-hmm. Everyone's spent. Dry yourselves off, people. <laughs> I need but, a fan. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm getting racist. <laughs> oh, Lord. I don't, I don't know what accent that is. It's a southern bell of some kind. The next scene, Sam is in his office, and he's looking Classic through these... green and black computer screen. Oh, yes. The old J.D. Edwards... Beautiful DOS system. Right oh, yeah. I think it's what George R. R. Martin still uses to write Game of Thrones if he does. It makes sense why it's taken so long. This is back in the day when you didn't have to do... Sh- like, the, all of the stuff that you have to do today now, folks, at work, look at what Sam... Wheat is using 
I want to keep calling Sam Wright, but Sam Wheat, what Sam Wheat is using, you couldn't get anything done in the day mine. You know, you, everything was so slow. It would drive me nuts working on a computer like that. Oh, 100%. At the same time, you'd have way less responsibilities because you could only get so much done. Sure. And yet, Sam looks like he's got a lot of responsibilities. He does look like he's, he he's working hard. stressed. A little stressed. Well, and Carl walks in, and, and and Carl can sense that Sam is a little stressed. Right. Sam tells him he thinks there's too much money in these certain accounts. Right. That's kind of where he's at, which I don't quite understand. I, again, don't fully understand what they're doing, but I guess, like, because they're moving cash around to different accounts, he sure. just thinks that there seems to be too much cash in these certain accounts compared to what he would expect. Right. Or maybe it's just like a blip on the page type of thing. He's like, is it? Is there like there is this was this incorrect? Like something something seems off. It's yeah, not so he's, balancing properly. I don't know what he's, he's basically doing. doing a cash reconciliation. <laughs> for I'm just making stuff up as I talk right now. Yeah, he's doing like a cash reconciliation for it. And Carl tells him He'll do it for him because it's going to take forever to go through all of all of the detail. But Sam says he wants to finish it. It's like a vendetta. Like he because right. he's trying to figure it out. He doesn't understand it. He's, he's trying to so much it out. time into it already. I want to fi- finish this myself. I understand that. And Carl asks him what he's doing tonight. And Sam says that him and Molly are going to go see Macbeth. And and invites him to come with. Right. But Carl's like, oh, no, don't worry about it. But let me know how it goes. Right. So without giving away what happens later in the film, it's interesting that Carl asks him what he's doing that night. Like, oh, what are you doing tonight? Like on the second viewing, like once you kind of know what's going on. Right. You're like, oh, that's how. Yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. Right. Like that's (laughs) how he figures out where they're at. Right. So that night. And he knows what's going on. So that night after the play, they're walking home. And they're walking through Crime Alley, I guess. Oh my god, Like, much. this is, this is like this dirty-ass street. It's like, it, it is, the Waynes just got out of the same play. They're just going down a different Absolutely. alley. They took a different route. Absolutely! It's like, alright, I thought we were in New York, now we're back in Chicago or Gotham City, where it's like, <laughs> I'm ready for the Waynes to pop out, too. Maybe this is an alternative, like, Batman is just on the other block, right? Like, he either, this is an alternative universe where Patrick Swayze gets killed and not Bruce Wayne's parents. <gasps> like, there's no... <laughs> <laughs> the lore here. And then she becomes Batwoman. Yes, there you, there we go. Now, there's an alternative for you, where it's actually a superhero movie, exactly. or or the ghost comes back to tell her to become a superhero. Right, that she has all good do. stuff. What would her superpower be? She doesn't really have one, but the ghost does. So she pretends to do stuff, and the ghost does it for her. I like it. And it freaks out the criminals. She's like telepa- yeah. telepathy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Telekinesis, I think, is what you're going. Telekinesis. <laughs> I guess it could also be telepathy if the ghost spies for her. Right. And then, yeah, your mom's name is Mel. <laughs> And your dad's name is Mel, and your mom's name is Cindy. (laughs) This is where Molly talks about. What the hell? Yeah, I don't know where that came from. I love it. I'm sure that's on your list of stuff. It kind of has to be. (laughs) Direct to VHS. 
This is where Molly talks about having something in a gallery review by the New York Times. And Sam says, as long as he likes it, that's all that matters. I thought that he was going a little overboard. Like, I could tell, like, she's a little nervous about it. Demi Moore's character is very... I mean, she's sad through most of the movie. Right. She seems, like, independent enough. Mm-hmm. But she's also a very flat character. She never has a lot of highs and lows other than crying. I guess that's And her true. crying... She never really cries, cries either. Tears come out of her eyes. You know what I mean? She doesn't you know what blubber. I'm saying? Yes. She, you're yes. saying she doesn't ugly cry. She still cries, right. though. Well, that's, I mean, like, she has, she, her emotions are very... It, kind, uh, it feels like she constantly is getting choked up, can't help but let the stream fall. But she's not going to yes. let herself completely break holds down. In she the... holds it in because she's strong. Yeah. Because I don't think she wants to completely break down. I think that's what's happening. Yes. She's not fully right. grieving. But it's it's coming out anyways. But even here, I'm saying, like, he can tell that she's nervous, but she doesn't really project it. Like, she she's True. always kind of... She has a lot of inner... Maybe She it's pulls just, it in a lot. Maybe it's she's just very self-conscious maybe she doesn't have like a lot of self-worth well maybe that's why sam is saying like oh it's not a big deal like all it cares is that i like it like he's he's being very yeah supportive but at the same time he's trying to be like yeah no it's beautiful like you just have to see it like as long as you love it and i love it that's all that matters and then it'll it'll project through all of that he doesn't say that part but i think it's implied And Molly says that she's going to marry him. So she's basically proposing to him. Yes. She basically says, Which let's get married. It sounds like it's come up before about them getting it married. It sounds like it's come up before. And she and he says she never wants to talk about it. Right. She's kind of more I of... Think. I think the whole idea here is that he wanted to marry her. Right. But they decided to move in together instead. Mm-hmm. Because she's very independent and didn't want to get married. Right? I think that's what's okay. happening here. She's that ind- strong, independent woman that's like, no, strong I don't want to get married woman. because, like, I don't need you to fight my battles and be, like, the breadwinner and all of that. I can do that because I'm so strong type of thing. And so he's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's fine. We'll just move in together. You know, we'll be together. And now she's going, I've hit it. I want to marry you. Right? Gotcha. It's I kind of I took it as yeah, yeah. Well, and it's her, and it's her, it's her kind of doing the the proposing. Yeah, she's here. kind of doing the proposal. So she asks if he loves her. He says something dumb here, which is, "What do you think?" Like again, it's he can't say. He can't say it's it. such a cliched trope of it a man really can't say "I love you." It's like such a it's such a cliched thing, which the movie gets around because of the fact that you care about these characters. Mm-hmm. It's got good characters. It's got an interesting thriller aspect to it but it's very cliche sure i also kind of wish they would have established that the reason why he won't say i love you there is no real reason he just kind of goes oh people just don't really mean it but i'm like i feel like her character would say that more so considering she didn't want to get married originally well at first yeah so now all of a sudden he's like oh well now i don't want to because you know nobody really means i love you when they say it like oh come on yeah that's what I was going to ask you. I was like, I don't understand his reasoning. His reasoning doesn't make any sense. No. And they never really finish this conversation because before they can this creeper, they like spot this sure. like creepy guy. But 
what was he trying to get at? Like, like I did, I did you have, do you have mommy understand? issues? Do you have like past girlfriend issues? Do you have something like that that's like stopping you from saying I love you? That's but like it's not established. And then so what he Which said I like oh I don't doesn't... trust people and it's like what do you mean you don't trust that? Like what do you mean? I guess it doesn't have to be established. Like we don't need everything spelled out for us. Sure, but there it just seems out of the blue. Yeah, it, it makes you question, like, why he doesn't. I mean, I guess it's just kind of like baggage you don't quite understand. Or or he never loved anyone without wanting. He wants to say it without having to without having to say it. Maybe that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, I think I, he's more of the show, kind of show the love instead of saying you love. I guess that's what, because she said sometimes you have to say it. Like, sometimes he should understand. And I agree with that. And, and for boyfriends out there this is coming from a single man that is not seeing anyone or is not like in a relationship if the if you know your girlfriend or wife or boyfriend or husband or betrothed your partner of some sort if they want you to say i love you and you love them even if you don't like saying it because you think it's corny, you should say it. At least because every they once want in a while. To say it. Yeah. It, it's just, it's if that's part of their quote-unquote love language or whatever, right. words, that isn't that a yes, love language a love or some language. shit? Actually saying yeah. it, speaking your love language versus just the physical, which I think he is just the physical. Well, he's a, he's a, he's a big manly man. <laughs> that is kind of... <laughs> While they're having this conversation, they spot the guy that looks like a thief. He, he looks like he, you know, he looks like potentially a mugger. creepy. And they start, yeah, so they start walking quickly. Again, I don't know why they went down Crime Alley, but they did. Right. And maybe it's they, just the only way to get back to their house, but I don't know. You got to go through Wayne Alley. They go very and... quickly. Why did you pause here to propose? Stop it yes, and get I out know. of here. Yes. Stupid. And I don't know what this is trying to say about crime in New York in 1990, if it, if anything, or if this was commonplace or what. But I think it still is, isn't it? Just like mug, getting well, mugged in New York just sounds like a trope in and of itself. Back and forth. It was it was bad. It was good. It was bad again. And this guy kind of comes up behind mm -hmm. them as they're walking it, and they realize like, oh crap, he's gonna mug us. So Sam's like, all right, I'll like let me just handle it. He handles it poorly. Oh, horribly. This guy asked for the wall. He's got a gun. You just uh, give it to them. Just give yeah. it to him and get a, like, especially just when he has a gun in your face. This guy. Yeah, he's got the gun in your face. And instead of just doing it, something happens where the guy, Willie Lopez, we'll just say his name is Willie Lopez. And he slaps Molly. Yes. Which sends sam into a rage right and he starts tussling with this guy right and it's like d look again life advice do not be a hero nothing good nothing good comes from being a hero sure as dumbledore said i haven't got much time for heroes just give them the stupid wallets just give them it <laughs> it's like they always say too like for women a lot of the times they're like if someone's trying to rob you or whatever and that's what they're saying like give it to me throw it the opposite way if you're going to run and then run the other way because they're going to go for the purse. They're not going to go for you. 
<laughs> unless they're really twisted or something. Yes, well, unless they're doing, they they had other intentions. But well, typically, if course. they're saying, give me your purse, they just want your money. So you just throw just the purse the and you run the other way. The other alternative, I think this was coined by one of our, pod, our listened to podcasts, have some mug money on you. Put some money in a pocket that's not in the same pocket as your wallet. Sure. And when they ask for money, you pull it out of that pocket and you hand it to them. Sure. And have and it you on say, a money that's clip. That's what I've got on me. And that's it. That, that it looks yeah. legit. Like, have a little money clip and be like, that's legit. Cheap ass money clip. I mean, I don't carry cash around to begin with. I don't know if a lot of people do anymore because it's like, yeah, here's my wallet. I'm going to cancel all of those. Yeah, good luck. In 10 seconds. Oh, you want my phone too? Well, it, it's shipped and lo- there's a locator on it. So right, and I'll just blow it away gonna, from afar. What are you going like, to get for that? And regardless, in 1990, he was probably carrying around some cash. So he tussles with this guy. You hear a gun go off, and then it kind of pans out. So you see the street, mm-hmm. and you see Willie start running away, and you see Sam run after him. Right. And this got me. I, I truly... I was like, again, I was was like wait. I, I was like, yeah. wait. Is it the... I thought... And, I, and I'm waiting for him to die, but I figured, oh, maybe this is a misdirect and he right. dies later. I was like, maybe this is a misdirect and she's the one that's dead. Literally is what went through my head. I was like, holy crap, this entire time I thought Patrick Swayze was the ghost. He's not. And she is. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I knew I knew he was the ghost, but because well, that's why I, didn't I thought it was this, a total twisteroo right there. I didn't expect this to be like a crime thriller, so I thought, oh, maybe that was a misdirect and he dies in like a car crash later. Right. Like I thought, like, oh, this is just an event that happens to make you think he's gonna die. Sure. But instead, what happens is he's like, oh, he got he got away, he got away, and instead he's like, wait, why are you like crying? Like he thinks she got shot at first. You're right, which is what I thought. I, or at least I thought the same thing that you like, oh, did she get shot? And then you realize she's on the ground, he's like in her arms, Covered he's bleeding in blood. to death. A lot of blood. It's, it's it's blood. I was surprised there was blood. <laughs> Our movies were way more bold back then. It was bold. You, there's, there's a lot of shits in this. There's b- blood. You know, like you could, you should and could get away with more. But I did think that it was a good fake out. Yes. To realize that he was dead. That was really good. That was really good. We get him laying on the ground, and then, and then some weird stuff starts to happen. So there's some poor effects here. They were well, probably good for the time. In fact, I think that they, I think that they might have won Oscars, but like. You can tell it's it's kind of he's being inserted. Yeah. Yeah. He's being inserted into the frame. So they're taking two frames. I'm I'm assuming because, again, I I'm not a movie. I don't do movies. We're just fans. But I think what they're doing is they're taking a frame of him and then like the frame of everything else. And they're putting the frame of him on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. I was confused by this part here. I know what you're getting at. Yes. So he reaches in first. He first he reaches into himself. Sure. And then he pulls his hand out, and then some people run by because they're because Molly's asking for help, and he goes through them. Yep. So he, he's like kind of freaking out. But then this. So then happens. the next part is it's kind of like a fever dream. I don't know if it's like one of those like the last things you see before you die kind oh, of thing. Oh, maybe. He, he wakes up in bed. 
He's like, oh, Screaming you think it was a dream. Molly. So again, it's another fake out where it's like, oh, dream. Right. And he's like, oh, Molly, Molly. And the angel thing is next to him, that angel You're statue. Right. The angel is in bed with him. Then there's a light. Yes. And he's looking up at the light and Molly's in bed. And then he's back in the alley again. It's it's, yeah, it's very strange. It's I feel like weird. it's here's So here's what I think was happening. And then the I, one I with didn't the realize light, though, it's like she's reaching for him, so it's like hard to tell if it's like you could either go into the light or you can go back to yes. her. And I'm like, are you that's dying? What I think is no, that's what I think is happening. So let me explain. I didn't realize it the first time I was watching it, but but the second time that I went through it for the for the cast, light comes down, right? Like this white light comes down by him, and like these little like bubble looking things. So here's what I think has happened because she's saying. Because she's trying to make sure he doesn't die. Don't leave me, Sam. Don't leave me, Sam. Right. What I think happened, without him realizing that he made this choice, is it was going to take him up to heaven. Right. He was one of the lucky ones. He got the light. Yes. But he chose not to go. Instead, he decided to stay with her. I think he did this without realizing what it was. But I think that the bed scene of the light and her is a, like a metaphysical is showing the choice yes they're both choice. reaching for and then, him yes and then it literally happens where the light comes down to get him and he stays right so i think he chose to stay accidentally or not i think he chose to stay it also felt it also kind of felt like he was remembering his dreams like they were foreshadowing this like hey we're gonna let you know that you're dying soon type of thing because he had Two weird fever dreams. One, he wakes up with the angel, and then the angel falls from the window and breaks. And then mm. the the dream where he wakes up, like, again, in the within the dream, and she's reaching for him, and the light's reaching for him. And then it comes back to this the present moment. It felt kind of like it was going backward. Like, I don't know. It was weird to me, because it kind of felt like he was remembering dreams. If that makes sense. So I'm like, I don't know what this was. I find it very odd that they jumped back to bed and waking up. Like, I don't know. It just seemed really weird to me. But yeah. I but I do it's, see it's... the moment with the light and seeing her freaking out and the choice was made. Okay, you're staying. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Yes. Yes. You have unfinished the business, Waynes you're decided... staying. Which in the next alley over, the Waynes decided that they were going up, I guess. Because I don't think Batman didn't? has ghosts. What if they didn't? So you, what if uh, one of them left and the other one stayed behind? I don't know if they would do that. I don't know if Tom and Martha Wayne would do that You think not. they would have left I, him? Well, they knew you that, don't think they that had he any was leaving. unfinished business? They were leaving him with Alfred, so, I mean, he's all right. What if I'm sure they had medium, unfinished business. And they did stay, and Alfred oh. talks to them all the time. Oh, now this is very interesting. <laughs> so... Your propose your your fan theory out there is the same thing that happened. Same to Patrick thing happened. Happened. To Tom and Martha Wayne. Absolutely. Same thing happened. And they couldn't leave their son crying in the alley. So, Alfred has the gift. Alfred has the gift. And all of the advice that he gives to Bruce over the hundred year history of Batman or ninety year history, whatever we're on. Yes. Is really Tom Martha Way and his mother talking to him? Absolutely. That comic book hasn't been written. Somebody do a ghost mashup with 
with Batman because I it's think right it could be interesting. Pit. Honestly, that could be really interesting. I mean, I don't, I don't like that idea. I don't because I like the f- the familial relationship between Alfred and Bruce. But for sure, go ahead and make an alternative. But when they see that their uh, son grows up and is like is okay, and like Alfred is is being a father figure, then they leave. But they had to talk to Alfred first. <laughs> <laughs> they went to talk to Alfred first, then they got assumed into heaven. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> So we go to the hospital, and Molly is talking to the police. Sam decides to sit next to this cadaver, and he's greeted by this other ghost. That's him. He sits well, next to Yeah, his you body. find out that it's him. He, yeah. it's, his, it's his dead body. This guy that's playing the other ghost, I've seen him and stuff. So this is character actor Phil Leeds. He's in a million things. He, I think he has like over 100 credits. He's in a bunch of stuff until the day he, day he died. This old man goes, sits next to, he, he kind of is telling him like, oh yeah, like you're new, aren't you? And oh, you know, some things get, you know, it get, you'll get used to being able to go through doors. And he asks him, oh, I, here's where I think the story for this guy, there's a little backstory of, I'm waiting for my wife. I know. She's in the Isn't that kind of like ever. a bit heartwarming because he's waiting for her? I mean, she's yeah, dying, so I think, but I mean, like he's waiting for her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of yeah, lovely. So I think he died, and then she he decided to stay so that he could go with his wife. With her. Like, he could I meet her, the, yeah. and then they could go together. It's yeah, so lovely. I think that was... It's so lovely. It's sad, but it's lovely. So what happens in this scene? So I, that, that brings up this, then. So they watch someone die. There's a guy on, like, the operating table, and the old man goes, is like, oh, he's a goner. I, I, I can tell he's a goner. Right. And you see the guy die, and he gets taken up to heaven. The white lights come. And as Sam like turns to ask this guy, like what just happened? He's gone too. Right. So the ghost either like was like, all right, I'm bored with this. I'm going to go off. Or did he also get a, Like, did his wife die? And he got assumed at that moment too. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if he got assumed. I think he would have, maybe he ran back to her if she had just died. Mm. I, I think but he just got up. And I think he just left. Like, ah, yeah, I see this all the time. I don't know if you've ever watched Ghost Whisperer. No. Okay. Well, she's a medium, and she sees ghosts, and she usually helps them move ghost? on, right? She's a ghost whisperer. She's a ghost whisperer. And... Oh, yeah, I see a ghost all the time. <laughs> and one of the explanations is in that is they don't usually see each other. The ghosts usually don't see each other either. So, like, hmm. sometimes they can, like, see each other, but not always, because I think there'd be a lot more ghosts around if, like, he could just see everybody all the time. So I think they can, like, make themselves be seen. Yeah, I agree. He doesn't encounter a lot of ghosts. But we don't really know how many ghosts decide to go up. Because it seems like you don't really get a choice if you're going to hell. I think, I think... You're just going. Right. I think it's your choices in life which dictate if you go to the light or the dark. They don't say heaven or hell. They don't make anything religious-y except for, like, the... The angel? Yes. So I would assume that's what it is, though, that your choices in life dictate where you go in the afterlife. Well, yes, as it should be. <laughs> but... <laughs> so he stands up and some nurse or orderly or somebody is kind of walking through and he goes through Sam. And we get this yes. weird 
going through something camera. Oh yeah, it's gross. Yeah, it's gross because I think you're supposed to think like you can he can, he's seeing the insides right, of this like person's he sees head each layer. Too much. <laughs> uh, and that terrifies Sam because he is he, I think he gets it. I mean, he knows he's dead. Right. So he's kind of he he looks kind of straight up like, "Oh god, you know, help me, like I don't know what I'm doing." And it pans up into the fluorescent light and then it pans back down and we're at the funeral. Right. He sees another ghost there. The ghost waves at him. Yeah, I like while that. They're at She's just funeral. like, "Hey. You're dead too. Good to see you." This brings me to my question for both the listeners to write in and yourself, Rachel. You're in this position. Okay. Do you go to your own funeral? I mean, I suppose. I mean, I'm dead. And I have nowhere else to go. I guess I would follow. Like, if my husband was alive, I'll follow him around. And if he's at my... I would hope that he's at my funeral. So I guess I would say yes. Yeah, I guess that's fair. So I, mean, I, I would, would go. I would think it... so, because I'd be like kind of curious. But at the same time, I don't know if I would want to hear anything that people say about me <laughs> from behind my that's back. True. So yeah, that's true. So it's kind of one or the other. I mean, uh, Sam Wheat and, and Ebenezer Scrooge are pretty much the only two characters that have gotten that opportunity in fiction that I know of so far. And, yeah, having to hear about what people think about behind your back or when you're dead, yeah, I suppose. But at the same time, I would want to see who showed up. Yeah, because I would assume it's still the same people who show up in your real life, though, too. <laughs> it's those people who actually show up. <sighs> None of them are in the... Friggin' will. You're not getting anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm erasing it right now. Oh, you didn't show up? I'm going over to that will. I'm crossing it out with my ghosty powers. <laughs> my ghosty powers. <laughs> and we get, it goes to a time later. So some time has passed. We don't really know. What, oh, there's a fade to black. Your favorite. Lovely fade, fade to, to black. black. Actually, it doesn't, does it fade to black? It sort of fades to black. It goes to black and then you hear Molly. Like it doesn't fade to back at black and come right back in but it there's a fade yes, it to black. does it doesn't fade to black it just kind of it does a like two things going over each other uh, that's not a fade it to goes black. black a fade to black all right a full not... black screen darkness everywhere right. and then it comes back up this was not a fade okay. to black it's close mm -hmm. it's not a proper fade to black but i gave it credit no because it. it actually has a different name what is a dissolve or something yeah there's a different name it's not the same whatever <laughs> okay fine fine it made it to white and then went to the funeral and then it did like a little cross dissolve and then it's now into you, the next no, scene no none of our lifers can see this but rachel's doing like this like vogue <laughs> thing with her hands I am she talks about it to you the cross dissolve i talk with my hands a lot okay? no i know but I'm, I'm letting the people know what you're doing to to represent how it it dissolved and came back cross dissolve cross dissolve so Molly's sitting there doing pottery. She's mourning. She's talking to herself, talking to Sam, as you do. Well, you know what? Wait, that, you know. here's the weird thing. It goes to like an indoor funeral, but it doesn't really show anybody of interest. It's, yeah, it's just it's like just kind here's of a... a bunch of people inside of yeah, a room that yeah. must be sad because Sam's dead. But we don't see Sam or Molly or. No, you see Molly or you see Molly. what's his face? We do. Yeah, Molly's sitting oh, on do. the couch with like a with niece babies. or something like that. She's okay. got some kids. Yeah. Uh, All right. I didn't notice yeah, it. it. It is just kind of like this 10 second scene of the wake. Yeah. It's like a montage of a, or of the a funeral. After funeral <laughs> yes. where you're like, 
you know, you're eating your, your rolled up ham sandwiches. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is that. Yes, I would associate funerals with rolled up ham sandwiches, actually. Are you allowed to eat rolled up ham not at a funeral? Because the rolled up ham, I haven't been it's to a lot of funerals. It's always at a that. funeral. Well, we have been but to quite a few, though. A We've been to some. We've probably been to more than other people have. Probably. But that rolled up ham is always at the funeral. It is! I, like, I want this to be, like, the most kick-ass ham that we a can find on, like... sliced, beautiful on, like, cheese. Beautiful brioche buns. Yes. Like, awesome. Yes. Because I want people leaving a that great, funeral being, like... A like, spread on it. Like, a nice little oh. sauce. Like, oh. Oh, yeah. Like, some, like, a nice, like, garlic aioli or something mm. on there. So, anyway. Where are we? I don't know. She's doing pottery and she looks depressed. Yes. And they have a cat. Where did this cat come from? Did they have a cat before? The cat is established in the post-funeral yes. luncheon That's scene. That's where it's established, though. It's not established as, like, our two main characters' cat. Yes, you it's don't really ever see the cat before. So she did, does she get a cat immediately after he dies because she just can't live alone? Maybe one of her friends got her a cat. I don't know. Like, I'm sorry, your your boyfriend's dead. Here's a cat? Could be. I Maybe. Yeah, they don't really establish but I, that I, cat. Again, here's another one that they could have done. They could have had the cat before, and maybe the cat either disliked or liked him and did something a certain way and, like, looked at him a certain way so that when he's dead and it looks at him the same way because cats can see ghosts, she's like, why are you doing that to, like, this empty space? Do you miss him too type mm. of thing? Mm -hmm. That would have been nice. I'm with you on that too. I'm with you on that too. Because it is established, just point blank in general, cats can see ghosts. That's just the yeah. truth. Oh, that's, I mean, everyone knows that. It's like in everything, cats see the ghosts. It's That's cats just what, the way it is. Cats and dogs can see ghosts. Right. Cats usually look at them more though. Dogs tend to be like, get the hell away from me, I'm out. <laughs> like, <laughs> So the cat can see him. Mm -hmm. So when the cat realizes that a ghost is in front of him, it runs away. Right. And she she thinks for a second that there, you know, Sam is there. And then she's like, oh, I don't know what I'm thinking. No, that's like that's like dumb, right? Yeah. yeah. She goes like, oh, that's stupid. Then we get another fade to black. That's a full fade to black. That is a fade to black. <laughs> I think that you. I think that's saying time has gone by yes time has passed no seriously i think no, that's I, I trying agree. to say like more time has passed because she was saying she talked to dr reynolds so she you know she has a psychiatrist or a therapist I to get could have just been it. somebody that lives in the in the just apartment. some random was it mr or doctor i thought it was I, dr reynolds. i thought it was doctor too but i don't know why I, I like your interpretation of it too but i thought it was just like a neighbor that would be weird wouldn't it be weirder if it was a therapist telling, oh, yeah, tell Sam I say, like, that's not going to help her. No, 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 no. He's telling her to talk to him because she's probably having trouble grieving. So it's like, okay, well, if he was here, talk to him. Talk as if he is there so you can kind of, like, get out everything that you want to say. Like, say hi. You know, like, you can you can do that. It's not, like, a bad thing. I think that's what it's being, like, being said. I think she's getting put through a process. Of grief. Uh, okay. All right. I'll 
I like that interpretation. I'll allow it if if uh, you want that. I, I think your weird interpretation of the neighbor saying you should say hi to him sometime. No, 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 is no, no, creepy. I, no, this is what I thought. I thought. Or is it, was it Charlie like, saying it? <laughs> I thought it was more like if if you had a a friend or a neighbor or something that was like more spiritual. Oh. So that like oh yeah when you're praying because like oh yeah if you're praying to you should to also Sam say whatever, hi to him. Say hi to him for me. Okay. Like that's where All I. Right. No, I like from. I like that interpretation as well. Yeah. So either way, I think it works. I I thought of it more as a therapist because I don't think she is extremely spiritual. But I think that would make sense where, like, a spiritual friend was like, well, you can always talk to them. You know, yeah. they're always there. They're listening. Yeah. So I could see that. That's, I, okay. maybe that's the, maybe, right. that's, maybe that's the difference between you and I. You know, you, we got that, you know, a little bit of different <laughs> thoughts on. Right here, a little, little bit of color. On the That's why we have the two of us on this show. So think about this before we move on. Is he allowed to go wherever he wants, or does he have to follow her around? This is this, this that thought went through. So she's sorting through his stuff. Carl has come over. I think what my, you know, what I was able to decipher from what they're doing. I I think Carl has brought his stuff from the office. Over. Well, that's what I was wondering. Did he bring like Sam's stuff from the office to the house? That's what I think. Like she's packing some of his like stuff from his up. desk. Yeah, like there's boxes, and I think that she's like packing some of his stuff up anyway. But and he's trying to discern, okay, is this work related? Is yeah. this personal? Right. So he's brought stuff home from the office because, of course, it seems like he's got he's taken on some of Sam's responsibilities. But they're trying to decide what to keep and what not to take. And mm -hmm. she asks him to, or she asks to keep this box full of some stuff. And Sam the entire time is like, oh, don't keep that. You don't want that. Like. From now on, the the story is from the perspective of a character that can't interact with the other characters, and I think right. that's the interesting twist of it. Like, exactly. He's saying stuff, but nobody can really interact around them. Sure. And it's kind of hurtful, because, like, she is keeping weird things, like an old ticket stub and an old mint, yeah, like, yeah, mints, some mints or something. And, yeah. And she just, it's it's one of those things where, well, that's his and it reminds me of him. Right. I can't get rid of that. Right. Well, it's and that's sad. where Carl's taking the rest of the stuff back to the office or to throw away or something. And she stops him because there was this like little Reebok box that she wants mm -hmm. to keep. Right. And then Carl kind of says like, well, do you want to go for a walk? You should get out. You need to get out of the apartment. You need to kind of get out of the house. It's, right. it's fine advice. It's true. Like he's trying to tell her like, you can't just stay Shut yourself here. in. You can't and close yourself off. She slaps him actually because he says something like, "You didn't die. About you're Sam, not the one that right? died." I think she. Oh said, yeah, you're like says, you're, you're not, not the one, one that's that dead or something. Yeah. To be fair to Carl, even when we find out his turn, his friend died too. Like he he is grieving as well. Yeah, but he's also being very pushy for her to leave the house. Yes, for a reason. Uh, well, that we know. Yes. But he's being very pushy, and she's not ready. Right, right. So you don't push somebody that's not ready. You can, you know, assist them to become ready, you know, or you just keep saying, okay, do you want to go for that walk now? Do you want to go for that walk now? And But you have to put a little bit of time in between. You can't just go, you should go for a walk. Come on, let's just go. Let's go. Come on, you're going for a walk. I'm getting you out of this apartment. You know, you're not the one that's dead. And like, what the fuck? 
fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, pull it back a little bit. No well, wonder she slaps him. Well, she slaps him and then she, like, is, apologizes. Um, immediately and, apologizes. And decides to go Her for the walk. emotions got high. Yeah. Yeah. So they go for a walk. And as they leave, Sam thinks about going through the door to follow them. Because he can't grab the doorknob. But be- right. before he get kind of gets the courage to do it, the guy that kills him shows up at the apartment. And the first time I was watching this, I was like, the okay, so he has the wallet and because he, he oh, took you think the wallet. He grabbed his wallet? Yeah. Because I mean In he killed scuffle? him, he might as well take the wallet. Sure. And he has the key, I guess, was in the wallet. Or maybe he took everything out of his pocket. Right, just grabbed everything and ran. But how would he have found the house? Like, that's what I thought the first time I was watching this. I was like, he found the house? Like, that's bizarre. Like, I guess maybe he has something in his wallet that has his address on it, but still seems weird. A driver's license probably would have, yeah. And why would you go to the person who just mugs a house? Right. He's looking around to steal stuff. But before he can, Molly comes back in. And now Sam is afraid that this guy is going to kill her. And Sam's, like, trying to attack this guy, which Patrick Swayze this entire time is doing these weird, like, like, swing punches, and he's, like, falling over. Molly goes to the bedroom to change, and this guy, like, has this, like, creepy, like, oh, yeah, yeah, kind of look on his face. it's kind of gross. So Sam comes up quickly with an idea to get him out of there, and the cat is just sitting there, because that's what cats do. So he screams at the cat, and the cat... I feel like the cat wouldn't be just sitting there with some weird stranger next to it. Yeah, I don't think... Cats may not be, like, as territorial about the space as a dog, as, like, defending the, you know, the house. But they're still territorial, and they still would right. be causing a fuss that this thing is There's in the house that it doesn't know. Here. Yeah. Right. But, yes, he is sitting there, and, and Sam decides to scare him, startle the cat to, to scratch... To jump, jump on the guy. Like, he, he right. directs the cat to basically... The cat jumps and scratches the guy, and the guy runs off. Right. And then... So Sam decides to follow him. And, and like you were saying before, I don't think he's, like, stuck having to follow her, obviously, because she left him in the apartment. I think they... You are just kind of allowed to go wherever the hell you please. Yeah. It's not even like you have to stay at places associated with you. You, you can just go wherever you want. So it's not a Beetlejuice situation where... They're trapped at home. They have to stay in the... They were assigned to haunt that house. Right. He hasn't been assigned to haunt anything. This is true. That's That seems about right. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where, after the first time I was watching this, I thought, so was this guy hired to get something? Was it not a random mugging? Right. So he follows this guy, and he follows him onto a subway. Yes. While he's on the subway, this weird looking man just Oof. i cannot ex- okay he's got he has a receding hairline so he's like going bald but he's going bald the front half of his head is bald i don't know how to describe this and he's got this big he's he's got the hair hair like bozo the clown he he's has got this, long curly black hair but it the the hairline is all the way back right to like the middle of his head Oh well, we, I guess we don't. I guess we're. I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves because we don't know he's a no. ghost yet. Sam is standing yes, on, on the he, subway. He like immediately gets up and just runs into him. Well, right, because Sam is through, standing on... through the other guy in the pipe. Here's my question: How okay. does this subway ghost 
know that Sam is a ghost? How does he figure that out? Because there's a bunch of other people. Oh come on! on the you subject. can't tell me that a ghost doesn't under recognize another ghost. I guess especially with, with this guy who's been around. Yeah. I guess with enough experience, he could. But all right, I'll all right. That's fine. I'll accept that. Because this is another character actor type of guy, Vincent Chiavelli. He's in a bunch of stuff too. In fact, he has yes. 163 credits as an actor in his wow. life. Wow. Okay. <laughs> He, he died in 2005, but we'll find him time and time again, I'm sure, throughout our journeys. Yeah, because I recognized his face, too. Yeah, yeah, his hair was is bizarre. And he's got this big, like, pea coat on. Yeah, um, he's wearing, like, all black. I thought maybe he was going to be, like, one of the guys from below or something. Oh, yeah. Because, like, when the guy was like, oh, he's lucky he didn't get the ones, like, from the other end. So I was like, oh, maybe this is one of, like, the bad guys or something or, like, the... Like a weird death character, and he's like, "What are you doing here?" And I'm like, "Oh, what okay, no, it's not. <laughs> it's just a ghost." Just happens to be another ghost, and he gets up, and he's like, "This is my train. I have this train." And he yes. starts like choking Patrick Swayze, so he can grab Patrick Swayze. He's choking him, takes yes. him through the train. He hucks him through the train. Yeah, and then he, and he busts a window. The window. So I want to see the perspective from all the other people, too. Like, we only get to see Patrick Swayze's, like, perspective where, like, the glass falls on him. But, like, the other people are like, why did that just break? (laughs) Yeah. That would freak me out. Yeah, it'd be very weird. So Patrick Swayze's like, okay, I guess I'll just stand in another train car. And he follows the guy back to this, like, slum apartment. We end up finding out that we're in Brooklyn, which is not as trendy in 1990 as it is today or hopefully in the future. It is more kind of projecty type thing, like Prospect Heights type of thing is what we're talking about. Sure. So it's not exactly the best neighborhood. And you can tell by this apartment. Well, I mean, they kind of made everything look sad and dilapidated and yeah. dirty. And Willie picks up. I, I say Willie. The guy picks up the phone. We find out his name is Willie. We know it's Willie. It's Willie. <laughs> and he picks up the phone and says he couldn't get it and he'll try again. And this is where I was like, okay, so this wasn't a random mugging then. Like he was right. murdered. Yes. And he sa- he says he'll try again. Sam starts to realize something is up and he becomes fearful for Molly because the guy's like, well, I'll go back in a couple I'll, of days. I'll, I'll if I keep again. trying again, that means that she's going to be in trouble. Right. So he freaks out and he's like, okay, now what do I do? And he's walking around aimlessly. And as he's walking through this neighborhood, he sees a sign for a spiritual advisor. It's basically like you said, it's a medium. It's a, it's a Miss Cleo for those that remember the Miss Cleo. Sure. He walks into this spiritual advisor shop and a woman is brought into this room and they do a whole like charlatan act. So there's these, it's, Oh man. We yeah, there's a out, whole act that's involved here. Yeah, so there's these, like, two women that are there, and they're like, oh, bring out our sister, Oda May. And I think they're all actually sisters. I think they're, like, the three sisters, right? They're not just Yeah, I think, I think they are sisters. actually sisters. Yeah. They're doing all this stuff, and Whoopi Goldberg enters the movie. And she's dressed in this, like, gold frock type of thing. Yeah. And she's speaking like, like, oh, hello, we're going to contact your husband to this woman and stuff. And she's clearly bad at this whole thing. And throughout the reading, she's like trying to 
get the names right all this stuff that these it, it, it's it's one of those things where they're trying to read and guess the right words right at the same time like your john edwards you know your piece of shits that do this kind of medium crap the long island medium all that crap all these people fakes. that yeah that these try to scam others yeah that they do <laughs> and she's bad at it and throughout the whole but reading, people still believe her people weren't want they want to know think people want there right well that yeah and they want to it's kind of like if I kind of wish she was more so the I'm just trying to give them peace. Yeah, no, from, she's like, after the their money. She's just after their money. She's but like the their... person is just looking for peace and, yeah. you know, to know that everything's OK. I like that she's a con man. I like. That oh, it's kind of I love that she's the con man. It is kind of funny. While this is going on, Sam is standing in the room and he's saying that this is all a crock of shit. And as he's saying this. Oda May is looking around and is like, who's saying that? Like, and, and right. then I think at one point she's like, who is who is there? Who is saying that? And she gets yeah, she off. she kind of freaks out. Yeah, yeah and she freaks out. Uh, at one point she even pretends to be possessed. And but like Sam is is asking Oda May to say his name because he's like, wait, you can hear me? Can you say Sam Sam Wheat Sam Wheat? Because he's trying to make sure that she can actually hear him. Right, that it's actually real. It's actually happening. And at the same time, the sisters are like, Oda May, like speak speak to us like say something to us so that we know like you're okay and all right. she does is go sam wheat and she like runs behind the door or, yes. or actually she like <laughs> runs into the wall or no she runs behind the door and she like prays like immediately like oh god i don't want this power like I'll, i won't be i won't be a comment anymore just get rid of this like stupid voice and sam freaks her out so then she falls through the wall she does like a prayer fall through the wall yes so we cut to oda and her sisters at their apartment and Oda is talking to Sam and basically saying, like, yes. my, her mom and her grandma had this gift. She never did. So she it was actually in the family. Yeah. So there's a reason for her to be able to have this. But she thought she didn't have it. So she was just she thought pretending it to her. have it. Because mm-hmm. she knew all about it. So she's like, well, here, I can at least get some money out of this. I can scam people. Right. And she talks to Sam, but she can't see him. We established that. She can hear him, but can't see him. Right. And the sisters are worried because they think that it's all a scam, too. So now she's suddenly talking to people. So they think it's weird. And they think that there's that something wrong. she's gone crazy or something. And he asks Otome to call Molly to warn her. Like, that's why, why he's there. He wants, to, wants her to call to warn her. And he won't leave until she calls. I do like the sister in the background because the sisters are like, call the doctor. And, yes. And at some point in this conversation, Otome is like, you're white, aren't you? Yes, and, and they're like, and, "Oh no!" Like the, it's even worse than they thought. And the sisters in the background, one of the sisters, it's it's subtly you may not hear it unless you're like listening. One of the sisters goes, "She's talking to white people." And yes, like, <laughs> it's like it's worse than they thought. She's talking to white people. I thought it was hilarious. It was great. So she calls Molly. Otome does. And says there's a message from Sam, but Molly mm-hmm. hangs up. Oda's like, well, I tried. Like, I did what I did. Too bad. But Sam decides, like, I need to do this. Like, you need to... Right, because you're the only person that can actually talk to her. Right. And know what, she, what no, I'm saying. Yeah. Oda oh, no, no, no. Is no. Like... She says no. <laughs> right. Right. Because of this, Sam decides stays at Oda May's apartment that night and just sings the entire time throughout the night to annoy her until she says she'll do right. it. Right. Because, I mean, you're a ghost. You can haunt someone. 
Right. So this is him haunting her. Exactly. And it works. <laughs> yeah, and it, it works. works. It works. So Otome goes to her apartment the next day. And I do like when she's walking to the apartment, she's like, oh, I hate downtown. And like, she's talking to herself, but she's actually talking yes. to Sam. Exactly. But you don't see Sam, so it looks like she's talking to herself. Right. <laughs> so you get a perspective of what it actually would look like. And she presses the button. Molly rejects it again. And she's like, okay, well, I'm leaving. And Sam's like, you can't leave. Like, I will I will haunt you. I, I will you. never leave you alone. Yeah. yeah. So she starts shouting from the street. So she's shouting out like, Molly! Molly Jensen! I can hear you! <laughs> you know you can hear me! Right. And that's my best Whoopi Goldberg. So she's shouting these details from the street that, like, nobody else would know. She just right. has, like, interaction with some, like, guy doing the remodeling the, f- the floor below them. Right. I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. So we get, like, you know, Otome is kind of no-nonsense type of person. Yeah, like, don't mess with me. Mm-hmm. I think she tells him to kiss her ass or something. She says, <laughs> kiss my butt, which I wish she would have said, kiss oh, my ass. Says, kiss my, kiss my ass. But all of these details do convince Molly to come down and hear her out. Right. And they go to a diner to talk, and Oda's trying to convince Molly that Sam's right there, like he's holding your hand, and that this is real. And and she even kind of says, like, I never had the power. Or, or she doesn't say that yet. But she's right. trying to convince him that Sam is real. And Molly gets mad because Molly thinks that this person's she's trying to take advantage She's just scamming her and yeah. taking advantage of her grief. And it's just, that's a horrible thing that actually happens, so I understand her... Oh, yeah, no, Molly is completely in the right to be like, screw you, woman, and right. get up and try to walk away. The thing that gets her, though, oh, Sam tells Oda May to say I, I love her. that he loves her. Oda May says, Sam says he loves you, and that stops Molly, and she turns around and says, like, if you really knew Sam, he would never say that. Exactly. So Sam's like, oh, wait, 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 say ditto, ditto. So then she goes, what the like, hell is Ditto? Yeah. And I love that line. I thought it was great. But that is the cue that Molly knows something's weird. Wait a minute. Right, because nobody would know Ditto. Tell her I love her. He says he loves you. Sam would never say that. Ditto, tell her Ditto. How is Ditto? Ditto! So they go back to the apartment and they have more of a conversation about it again. And and Oda May explains that she never really had the gift. Like, this is really new to her, too. But it, it is real. I did like when Molly asked, like, well, how did this happen? Like, how? why is he a ghost? Like, why is he here? Right. And Oda May says, like, oh, well, you know, that happens sometimes. And she, like, goes into the whole like, explanation of it, the unfinished the business. Spiel. And, yeah. Well, um, but I have a feeling she, I mean, like. I think that's the truth. I think even she's like saying it is like, oh no, this actually yeah. happens because she knows she knows this it from, from her, her family. From her family, yeah. No, I think that she it's was. It's not her him... trying to be scammy. Yeah, she yeah. wasn't trying to be scammy, but Sam took it that way because she like kind of gets mad at her. I do yeah. like this scene. I like the back and forth between Whoopi oh, Goldberg and, and Patrick Swayze, where she's like, "Quit getting mad at me," and it, or like she's do you like, "You think He's this get... was the one that they had her do?" For oh, them to actually, I bet this was the scene. It could have been. This, it was either this one or the scene where, yeah, it it would probably was this one. Yeah, because it, it is just very good where he's she's like oh, I, and and then when she like turns back to Demi Moore and is like 
he apologized like all yeah, of that he said this stuff. like okay yeah. <laughs> like it the dialogue is good though like it is it's helpful because like from demi's perspective from molly's perspective it's like i don't know what's happening i just hear your side of the conversation right, right. yeah i know so what it made it's, it's it's nice keep her in the loop and stuff yeah and it's very right. quick it's very very fast and whoopi goldberg right. is very sharp to, to to say something back every single time and, and I also like when she goes, I'm going to say it in my own way. Like, yes. I'm not saying it the way you said it. I'm going to say it the way I want to say right. it, which because is pretty much Sam, the same way. But then she says, you're in trouble, girl. And I'm yeah. just like. <laughs> yes. Molly said, or, or Sam says that he wants Otome to say it word for word how he says it. Word for word. Like, word for word. Like, she does a lot of, she does a lot of good <laughs> facial body language stuff. Oh, too, yeah. Yes. Like you said. So he, he wants her to say that she's in danger. And Oda May instead goes, and this is a famous line from this movie, I, th I think. I've heard this before. Because she says, Molly, you in danger, girl. I'm like, you said this same thing, but you said it like, <laughs> you can't just come out and say it that way. Molly, you in danger, girl. I'm like, you yeah, just and then said, I said the same exact thing. same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where we learn that the guy's name is Willie Lopez. Right. He's in Prospect Heights. He's got the key in the wallet. Whoopi Same as hers. She kind of freaks out about it a little bit. So does she freak out about it because it's like a neighborhood thing? Like, I'm not going to get involved because it could bring... I feel like that's what it is. Okay. Because I wasn't sure because if it was I, that. Part of me was like, wait, are you related? Are you, do you know him? And then I was like, no, it's just got to be like, you don't want to get involved because, wait a minute, it's too close to home now. Bring, bringing problems to the neighborhood. Or, exactly. Or there could be retaliation against me if they figure it out that, that I helped too. you. Stuff like that. Which, I mean, happens anyways. But still. <laughs> she tries. Otome leaves, and they kind of leave it at that. So at least Molly knows she's in danger. But Sam tells Otome to tell Molly that it's crazy that I have to say it like that. But that's how it works. And Molly's supposed to go to the police and say all of this. Molly ends up talking to Carl, who's trying to I tell do, her. I do like her end line, though, when she's leaving the house. And she's just like, have a great life. Have a great death. And then just yes, leaves. Yes, also good. <laughs> Okay, she's a fun character. I like her. Yeah, she's a good character. <laughs> Molly's talking to Carl, who is trying to tell her that this is all crazy. Right, that and, she's a hoax. Yeah, it's a hoax. Oh, it amazes a hoax, yeah. Yeah. And Carl's getting mad about this. You know, I think he's just, if it was if it was all in the up and up, it would be like he's just kind of, he doesn't want her to fall for something while, while she's grieving. Right. We find He's out, trying to protect her. We find out a little bit because she says Willie Lopez and has like some details. So Carl's getting mad and he says he'll check on it. Right. But he thinks that Oda May could be just using her to set someone up. And I wrote the first time I watched this movie, is the friend in on it? Because why, why is he acting this way? It was the weird, I know the name Willie for me. Because like when she, when she said the Willie name and he was like, he made a face like, mm. wait. Like, where'd you come up with that? Mm -hmm. That's kind of what got me to go, something's weird. Yeah. You know, something's weird. Sam decides to go with Carl, I guess, to help. Because I think, I think his thought is that, oh, wait, Carl's going to go take care of this himself. Yeah, and he doesn't want Carl to get killed or hurt. get hurt. Yeah. And Carl walks into Willie Lopez's apartment, and we find out that Willie and Carl know each other. So he is in on it. Right. And we get a little bit of exposition here in this reveal. Carl yep. implicates himself. So Carl's like, you were just supposed to steal his wallet. You weren't supposed to kill him. So right. at least he didn't want to kill his friend. 
Yeah, he uh, just wanted to have him get mugged. Just needed him to get mugged. He just needed the wallet. <laughs> just give me the wallet. There was probably an easier way to do this, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he could have just, you know, stolen it from his desk. When yeah, the that's what was, I'm like, saying. In the bathroom like, just or something. Find like... another way to get the wallet. There was an Wait, easy no. way. He, but the thing is, is he immediately comes up with this because it's right in the office when he goes, "Where are you going to be tonight?" Yes. I'm immediately going to mug you. Like, yes. I'm immediately calling a hit on you <laughs> right now. First... Like, what? Yes. The second you have any questions about these account, I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yes. Well, what we find out is that he's been laundering drug money for drug dealers and they're paying him a cut of 80,000 on like 4 million dollars. Right. So he's he's getting 80 grand to transfer this money to some offshore accounts to launder the money for drug dealers. Right. Which But now which Sam break, and, it, and it breaks Sam's heart of course and he's all pissed off at Carl cuz Carl's Carl's an idiot. Carl got him killed. He murdered him. Right. He's Carl's greedy. an idiot for doing Yeah, he's very greedy. And to the point where he throws his friend under a bus. Like, come on. Yeah. Cuz I don't think he needed this money. I don't think I think he's just a sleaze bag. You say that he doesn't need it, but like again, we were we were establishing at the beginning that Sam's doing better than Carl. We don't know Carl's situation. We sure. know he has a Mustang. Got a Mustang. I don't know what that really means in the 90s, but he has a Mustang. <laughs> And I, I think maybe it's partially I need this money because he wants to be better off. And two, he's a sleazebag. Maybe one is sleazebag, two is he needs the money. But, you know, it's it's one or, the, one or the other. I think it's a mixture. We get to Molly going to the police and she tells the story to Milton from Office Space. Is the Yes, ex. I know immediately you knew. knew it. Immediate yeah. was like stapler. So this is Stephen Root. Steven Root, I, I love Steven Root in most of the stuff he's in. You know him from Dodgeball, The Office Space. There's yeah. an episode of Seinfeld he's in. He's in one scene of all of Seinfeld, and it's great. He's a bank manager. Oh, my God. With, and he, he does it with Kramer. It's it's great. But he's in this, he's not funny. He's he's serious. He's serious. He's, he's trying to be very conscientious of Molly's position because he listens to the story about a psychic came and told me it was Willie Lopez. Right. And of course he's not buying it because why would you? You're a police officer. You have to take things seriously. Yeah, neither of the the police officers are. But he at least follows up for her. Well, he follows up in the sense that she's he like, can you at names? least go get, oh yeah, can you at least check in on Willie Lopez or like find the file? Right. So and he looked like, into both of the names. Yeah, so he comes back with not a file on Willie Lopez. He comes back with a file on Oda Mae Brown. And he shows her that she's been a con man forever. She's on time for, you know, different different fraud schemes and stuff like that. And I thought that Stephen Root does a really good job in the scene of, like, telling her that psychics play a bunch of different tricks. And they, you right. know, play on the vulnerable and all this stuff. And she leaves pretty, like, ashamed. She cries so good in this scene, too. Like, there's, it's like, hard two not to tears feel for her, come though. down. Yeah. Well, because, because she's... I think she's now she's being torn back and forth. She should... I mean, I would feel embarrassed, too, because you don't really know who to believe right now. You're kind of, like, in this, this place of, wait, do I trust this person who made it sound like my boyfriend's here with me? Or do I trust the cop who's saying it's it's all fake they do this all the time and then that just makes you feel like crap 
because you wanted to believe so bad. In the meantime, Carl. Carl took the key from Willie Lopez so he could just go get the thing himself. And he does. And he gets into the system and we see that there's these accounts that he which why the hell just why didn't he do that in the first place he's like the best friend like he could have just come to the house anyways and gotten yeah i guess his well i guess his first plan was like if something went belly up he could blame it on this thief i guess yeah you're right you're right but yeah he could probably have found it in the stomach he's there all the time he's the third wheel (laughs) he's gonna make it out on the couch he just goes and takes his wallet So Anyways, he, I'm sorry. He gets into the system and he calls this guy who asks him to transfer all of this stuff to a main one main account, and then all of that's going to be transferred to the Bahamas. It's four million dollars worth, and it all needs to be under the name Rita Miller. Yep. So I, I did like that he gets a good job from the guy on the other line. He's like, "Hey, good work, Carl." And yeah. It's like, oh, you got a, you got a good good work from the from the mob. From the like, yeah, that's, that's worth something. That's like a pat on the back. Yeah, get a pat on the back from the mob for your, for your good work of laundering their money. <laughs> it's like a, that's a that's a that's an attaboy that you can take to the bank. Yeah, really. Like, God. like physically, yeah, they're, he's actually doing that. Yeah. Well, I guess that's true, <laughs> but you know, so if anything ever went wrong and you had an attaboy from the mob, you could, you know, he'd be like, "No, no, I'm good. I had an attaboy." <laughs> There is a pointless scene for like 10 seconds where Demi's on the top of the law lo- of the, like the stair loft and she's like just rolling the jar because again she's like depressed and stuff. Yeah. And she just kind of lets it go. It's the it's the yeah, lucky she, like, jar. She chucks it with the, right with the Indian penny in it. And she just kind of like lets it roll and it just rolls down the stairs and breaks. And I liked it. I, I it's there's no reason it's for it to be in there. It's very sad and artistic kind yeah. of like the I just I'm giving up kind of feeling because like the next scene then is her just laying on the couch she looks awful <laughs> like not in a bad way i'm just mean like she looks awful mentally like she just she you can tell she feels just like drained right well and the one thing that we that we missed too is that oda may is now in trouble too because carl basically told willie lopez that this psychic named oda may mm-hmm. is after or knows about stuff so to get rid of her Right. Sam has to be, you know, watch Oda May's back, too. So Carl, of course, shows up at the apartment. He's happy now because he thinks he's going to get his 80 grand from the mob and not be killed. And he is asking Molly, like, oh, can I come in, like, for some coffee or something? And I was like, is he trying to make a move on her? Yeah. And that's that's exactly what he's doing. And why? Yeah, it's so weird. Like, why does he think that it would work? It's creepy. Well, actually, that does happen. They tend to show that this does happen where two people who are grieving the same person or are grieving at the same time tend to latch on to each other. Sure. A shared so I grief. get it. Yeah. But he's just taking advantage of her. He's yeah. gross. It is. It's gross because he's he's not even grieving his friend. He could. I think he could give a shit. No, I don't think he wanted his friend to die. He doesn't show any remorse. Where's the remorse? Is this is this like him going? Oh well, if I sleep with her, I made up. Well, yes, I 
I made I, I made her feel better. Right. So I, I do that's I do think that yes, hitting on her went should have went out the door when you were responsible for the guy's death. So weird. But he pours coffee on himself trying to make a move. And yeah, it wasn't it, even like a real accident. It was like pour it on myself to which, pretend like, I, I would, had an accident like, so I could okay. take my shirt off. Of all the things to pour on yourself, coffee's gonna be hot, dude. Like you're gonna burn your chest. But whatever, he does it and he takes his shirt off. It's literally just to take his shirt off. And like, he she does was even get... saying here, let me just wash your shirt. The stuff he is saying to her again is like good advice coming from the wrong person because it's like all about how she should remember the good times and she should, right. you know, blah blah blah. It's not bad advice. No. But he his whole goal in doing this is to kiss her and he does. Yes. So they they do kiss. But as they kiss, he dives through both of them because he uh, Sam does. Sam's there. Yes. <laughs> and he well, knocks. Where else is Sam going to be else right gonna now? Be. And he knocks over a picture frame. So he physically is able to touch something. Yep. Again, his power is kind of changing a little bit. I, I, he's learning. He's learning how to. I be think a it's ghost. just him, kind of, yeah, ghost figuring vegan. it out. Sam realizes this like molly kicks carl out he's she's like I, I can't do this and kicks him out and then sam runs back to the subway the interesting thing about this is i love that he has to like walk and take rides everywhere like he's like brought, running yeah. down the stairs as a ghost he can't which just is appear silly. yeah but maybe that's another ghost thing maybe he doesn't realize he can just kind of like poof there he is transport, he just goes yeah. well i'm just gonna walk because that's what i know because he's sure. still kind of because like we learned because he's going back to the subway guy and the subway guy goes you're still acting like you're human like you're like you're real like you're not dead right so i think that is what's happening right yeah no that's that's true like yeah you're you're behaving like you're physically unable to do certain things and right. yeah it's not the same anymore. You're dead. You're dead, Willie. So Sam <laughs> goes, he's trying to find the weird guy again so that he can learn how to touch stuff because he saw the guy touch the, the, break the mirror earlier or break the window. The glass, yeah. And he finds the train and the guy tells him to leave again and he says, I won't. So the guy keeps trying to push him and Sam like is able to like fight back against it a little bit more this time. Yes. So the guy calls him a stubborn a-hole and that he will. <laughs> So we get the training sequence where this guy's right. teaching Sam how to touch things and interact with things in the physical world. Right. Uh, he's teaching him to channel his emotion to do it. It's like the force. It's basically the force. <laughs> it's pretty much the force. Because you're not touching it with your body. You're touching it with, yeah, your emotions, your mind. Telekinesis, again. He learns how to do it. He kicks a Mountain Dew can. The guy, like teaches him how to do stuff and sam un unintentionally triggers this yes. guy yes because he asks him like how long he's been around right and the guy says like well since they pushed me i think implying that they must have pushed him in front of a train that's I why he that's stays what, on the train I think he, yeah i think he was pushed in front of a subway and then the guy and then he just questions him like like, really? You were pushed? And instead of taking it that way, he takes it as, like, nobody believes me. And yeah. And goes AWOL. Yeah, he, he goes AWOL. goes crazy. Well, because, and I think that he must just have, like, panic attacks yeah. thinking about the fact that he is dead. Because he's like, I'm, I should, I, this, it wasn't my time to go, which is obviously why he's a ghost. He can't accept that he was supposed to go. Right. And all of this stuff. And he ends up kicking, like, a cigarette 
machine, which is an antique thing and thought that at this point. That is very antique, yes. A vending machine with cigarettes in it. Wow, what a what a crazy <laughs> thing to have there. But they happened, and all these cigarettes fall out, and he's like, oh, if I could just have a smoke. And then, and it's almost like he like loses his memory. He like looks up, and he's like, what are you here for? Why are you bothering Which, me? I'm like, also he wondering wanna... if that's just a part of how long you stay if you start losing yourself. Mm. So then he's kind of oh, losing yeah. his mind. Yeah, yeah. So, so he might have been he might have been here for a long time. Right. And now he's here like permanently almost like he can't yeah. leave. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> oh, There's a lot of sad say. things in this movie. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but the guy freaks out and he jumps back on the subway, he leaves Sam alone. Or Sam he leaves Sam, but at least he but he taught him how to do everything. So this is where like Sam knows Oda May's in trouble though too and decides to go back to her. He formulates a plan. He does. And he goes back to Otome, who is now surrounded by ghosts. This is just that CBS show, right? Paramount You're put this about movie Ghost out Whisperer. There. I'm thinking of that one that's new that Dad likes. Ghosts? That ghosts? Yeah, ghosts. Like, it's basically the same thing. But like it, it's all yeah, these. But, but most of them are similar. It's like the medium. It's like Ghost Whisperer. It's like ghosts. They're all very similar. Once they, Once a ghost knows someone can hear them... They all kind of go, oh my god, this person can hear ghosts, and then they all flock to them. Sure. It makes sense, because they, they can't interact with the rest of the people. They don't really have a way to do that, except for scary ways, which I'm assuming is, like, why there's, like, the Ouija boards and stuff, because it's like, I can only, I can only interact in terrifying ways and make things break on walls and stuff. Sure. <laughs> but you can actually talk, so talk for me. And all of these ghosts are, are by Otome now. They're just filling the room. Yes. And she is amazed by it. Like, she is truly like, wow, like, this is, you know... Yeah, it's She real. is trying to help, but she's also annoyed by the fact that there's all of these people here. I think she's more overwhelmed yes. by it. Yes. And there's a woman there, there's, like, a couple there that are trying to find this guy named Orlando. Sam kind of rudely here, like... Tell him, like, let the let this happen, and then you can tell Otome. Like, this didn't need to happen immediately, because you were going to take her to the bank the next day. Sure. But she did kind of get excited that he said something. Like, she's like, oh my god, thank god it's Sam. Sure. She did have that moment. She could have told him, hold on, give me a second, you know? Like, yes. <laughs> I'll get to you in but, a minute. But I think Sam was being way too pushy. Yeah. And Orlando is there, and he gets annoyed that Sam keeps interrupting and taking the time up from them. So he jumps into Otome and possesses yes. her. Yes. So now we get some of Whoopi Goldberg being possessed by Orlando, and she's like doing a voice, like a like a weird dopey well, voice but, kind of a thing. Yeah. A bit deeper. I love the like the damn baby. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny though. <laughs> so Otome eventually takes control back and throws him out of her right. body. And we see that possessing bodies wipes you out. It leaves you like right. loopy. It like drains your energy. Zaps your energy. Yeah. Yeah. Oda May is like, everybody out. Everybody get out of the room. So the room clears. And I thought it was a kind of a weird cut. It's not a great cut here. Like the editing seems a little funny. Because Willie just comes in. Willie just walks in. Right. And... Like, why didn't the sister stop him? Yeah. He just, everybody walks out, including the two including the corporeal people. And Willie just walks in and tries to kill her. So immediately takes the gun out 
He's yep. a bad hitman too. Oh he my God, shoots he's a couple of times and then just leaves. And then just runs away. He shoots through the door and then runs away. Like, all right, that was enough. Maybe he thinks he's just scaring her. Unless Carl, yeah. And unless he was like, I'm not going to kill this woman too. Like, I'll scare her, but I'm not going to scare her. Yeah. So Sam's like, do you see what I'm talking about? Like, you're in trouble too, but I've got mm-hmm. a plan. And he asks Otome to get her fake IDs, which he knows because she's a con. And they're going to go to the bank the next day. So the next day they go to the bank and she's dressed very fancy, like a Sunday church going, like we're going to Easter kind of dress, like this big ass hat. Bright pink. (laughs) This giant bright pink. Yes. Very, very festive looking. Very ostentatious. Yes. That's a good word for it. Ostentatious. Sam is walking her through all the details for this account. And he knows all the details because when he was haunting Carl earlier, he saw what the account number was and the name of the on the account and all this stuff. Right. And she goes up to the first person and she asks to keep the pen, which I liked because it like I thought shows that how... was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Keep his pen, like because she thinks well, it's she... a good pen. Yeah, because she's kind of doing a bit at the same time. Like if if Sam wasn't there and she was just doing it, she was kind of like, okay, I'll just add my own yes, embellishments. Trying to, this. to like, be oh, like, oh, thank you, like, honey. Oh, like, I'm thank you, dear. Pissed. Like, oh yes. Like, oh yes. Can I have this pen? Oh, thank you. And like, it's kind of misdirecting the 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 teller person because mm-hmm. she's just like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, oh, okay, this is that's fine. Confused a bit by it, but mm-hmm. allowing it, not questioning it. Yeah, and, and because she's, like, arguing with Sam along the way, I kind of like that, too. Because, like, you're getting, like, these, like, little whisper stuffs yeah. the whole time. The one thing I think they would have questioned, though, is I signed the wrong name. Now, granted, she probably could get away with that and just saying, like, I changed my name after I divorced my husband or something. Or, like, uh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. or, like, I got married. Something like that. You but could, it well, was just a little weird. If you, if you thought in the moment you could be like, oh, sorry, I had somebody, I, I had like a friend on my mind. I was thinking of something like my next, the right. next thing I have to do after this. So I put their name. You know how you, you write, you can write what you you're thinking. You start writing. Instead of, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So your like that could faster than your, than your yeah. thoughts. They kind of go to the next step of the plan, which is to withdraw the money. And they go to this banker and Sam is like, this guy's kind of an idiot. He can't remember anybody's name. He can't remember anything that's going on. He's a drunk. Right. So we're going to go to Great him. guy to have here. Like, <laughs> man. Yes. Yeah. When Sam was alive, was he always, like, worried about this guy, like, losing my money? I think money? he was, but... because Sam's like, he doesn't even remember my name. Like, he's like, I hate this guy. I think that's liter- literally what it is. Like, I, I oh, don't yeah. work with him. It's I work total, with the other I ones. I avoid him. Yes. <laughs> So Sam and Otome concoct this plan where Sam's like giving her information about this guy's life, Lenny something, right. I can't remember the name. And she's conning him. She's doing her con art- artist thing. Right. And then that's where this guy's like, okay, I guess you're withdrawing $4 million? And Whoopi Goldberg freaks out because she's like, $4 million? Like, what? This is insane. Which I think bank people have a bit more decorum when it comes to high numbers. It seems yeah. very odd that he would have been like, what? Like, you have $4 million? Of, like, Maybe what? not 1990, but I, I kind of wonder if you're allowed to transfer that much money. I don't you have think to do you it can. In, you, have to, you have to do it in so many groupings because the banks don't just have that. Right. 
But I think that yeah. mi- like they wouldn't they wouldn't be like, oh yes, here we'll just give you a cashier's check for four million. I think they would put it in bunches. It would take a long amount of time. Well, a long, and I long think amount because of, time. of money laundering rules, now you cannot transfer that type that much money because they'll try to do that. Right. Did you realize there was a line here? And you mentioned the Tina Turner thing where she was gonna play Odame. Yeah. There was a line that he says to Odame. He goes, "Oh, he wouldn't even know if he was talking oh, to yeah. Tina he Turner." Know who's and I was just like, "Oh, that's kind of funny." Now that you said yeah. that, yeah, yeah, sorry, that makes sense. I just, I just, it, yeah. had a... if it was Tina Turner, it would be even weirder, right? Um, I think, I think that's the joke. Is now is that they added that line? Yeah, my favorite joke, maybe of the entire movie, oh, God. is here where because Odame tells Patrick Swayze, like, I don't even, I don't know how to, anything about banking. Right. And so she doesn't even know, like, how to respond to some of the stuff without Sam saying it. And this guy's like, how do you want the money? Knowing that she should say, like, cashier check. Oh, yes. And she goes, tens and twenties? Tens and (laughs) twenties. It's such a good line. (laughs) Well, I mean, sounds like also a joke that somebody would say like oh yeah give me like this high number of money and they're like yeah just give me a tens and twenties <laughs> i'm kidding just a cashier's check is fine yeah. you know like <laughs> well, well immediately Sam i was think like, he cashier's takes it that way but yeah. yeah yeah it's funny i do yeah, like yeah, that line played off at, at, like that but while they're pulling the money molly shows up at this bank it's implied earlier that she needs to go there to sign something Sam is trying to get Odame out of there without Molly seeing her. Right. So he does a little bit of poltergasm stuff. And then... Poltergasms? Pol- is, I don't know how you would... I, poltergasm, isn't that the action of a is poltergeist? poltergasm the action of a poltergeist? I hate it. <laughs> Probably not. Poltergeisting? I, poltergeisting. Poltergasm would have been Ghosting? if at the end of the movie... No, wait, that, that, that's another would thing have altogether. Th- they would have done the thing with the clay again. That yeah, would have been a that, well. No, that that's ghosting. <laughs> that, you're right. I'm sorry. That is that's ghosting. <laughs> Touche. Touche. Oh, so Molly sees Otome leaving on the elevator, right? And she goes up to this Lenny guy and asks why Otome was there, and the guy's Wild. like, "Well, that, that was a woman named Rita Miller. Is she it just Lenny? closed an account." It's Lenny or Leonard or something. I don't know. The the dumb guy. The banker the guy. The dumb guy. Dumb guy. Okay. But she gets, like, suspicious because she's like, oh, I guess her name wasn't even Oda Mae Brown. Like, she really was, like, throwing me for a con. She even told me her wrong she... name. It's Her name is actually Rita Mae. Like, yeah, she's like, she seems, like, so taken aback. Again, she's just like, oh, my God, it really is a con. I just feel so embarrassed. Yeah. So now Carl can't get the money. He's totally screwed because he's supposed to transfer it today to this offshore account for this these drugs. The account drugs. is closed. So he's screwed. Totally yep. fucked. Has, so they have this $4 million cashier's check, and Sam makes Otome give it to some nuns that are collecting money. And Otome doesn't want to do it at all, but he convinces her to do it by saying, they're going to come after you for this. Like, right. They're going to figure it out, so you have to get rid of the money. So they give the check to the nuns, which I thought was, you know, funny because, you know, Whoopi Goldberg would end up being in Does Sister Act. Yeah. yeah. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, Whoopi in Sister Act. <laughs> but being Oda Mae Brown, she's like, 
she gives it up, but she's like, oh, I can't believe you made me do that. Like, oh, yeah. Well, because she wanted to keep it. I mean, who right. wouldn't want to keep it? Of course. But Sam is like, that's blood money. You can't keep it. I did money. like after she, blood money. after well, she it does it. Money. Well, it is it's drug dealer money. But after Otome gives it, she kind of stomps off, and and he's like, "I'm proud of you, Otome. Like, thank you. Like, he's he's yeah. like being all like kind of like knowing that she did the right thing, but isn't happy about it. Right. I mean, it is. It's a. It's a. It's also a good character arc for Otome Brown because it's like, she did, she does the right She's thing. She's trying to like, do the right thing. She's yeah. absolutely constantly trying to do the right thing. Yes. So at the okay. during this entire thing that we're cutting to Carl. And Carl's freaking out about his account. I just, I feel like somebody would be like, what's going on with this account that you're freaking out that they closed it? He's yelling in the office about it. Like, is there something wrong with the computers? Like, he's are trying someone messing to... with me? Yeah, My he's trying closed. to play like, kind what's of... wrong? <laughs> he's trying to play kind of coy, but he's, he's super anxious. He's sweaty. Oh, yeah. He's not sure what to do. I, at this and point, I, he's like Sam, the last one in the office, and Sam's right. like there to screw with him. Sam decides to haunt Carl at this point. Yes. So he's moves his chair, and then he types on the computer. He types murder, and yeah. and Carl's like, "What is going on? Like, who's there?" He gets kind of freaked out. Right. He writes Sam over and over and over and over again. So this is, of course, like freaking Carl out. And Carl, sweaty and anxious, goes to the apartment asking about Sam and Otome. And because and Molly this is doesn't where have Molly... a clue what's going on, she lets him in. And it's just like, everybody's going, don't! And even Sam's going, don't! <laughs> like, well, and even worse, her. say Like, say he's bad. <laughs> like, something. Well, and, and even worse... Like, if I was Sam, and I guess you didn't have time to do this because Carl, like, goes straight to the to the apartment. But, like, mm-hmm. you got to get to that apartment, and you have to just start, you have to pick up a pen. Right. In front of Molly and, and start say, keep writing. keep the door locked. Yeah. Keep, stay inside. Write something and be like, it's Sam. You're in danger. Everything Odomay said was true. Right. You have to keep the door locked. Do not let Carl in. Carl like, bad. Even though Carl at this Sam point has Butch. a key, so I guess Carl can get it. Yes, the note just says Carl bad. <laughs> Carl bad. It's Carl all he can bad. write because he only has so much energy to use. So Carl shows up at the apartment. Molly kind of spills the beans a little bit because he says something about the psychic. And right. Molly says, oh, is this because she was at the bank today? And just totally lets it slip that yep. Otome was at the bank. He gets kind of like, He's he, throwing he, an ulcer. That's yeah, what's happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is what happens. So, folks, this is why you should not commit fraud or be involved with any money laundering because you just, you your get life's going to go to hell. This is just what happens. <laughs> and Molly goes to, like, get him some, like, Pepto-Bismol or, like, a pill or something. Sure. And Sam decides to haunt him again. So he's you know, hitting him, him. And he's doing stuff. Yeah. And Carl, in response, threatens Molly. And he's like, Sam, yes. he, he figures it out. He, it's kind of crazy how quickly Carl's like, well, he, he, he wrote murderer and then Sam over and over again. My assumption is if someone's haunting me, it's the person I got killed. 
it's just my best it's friend funny. who is murdered. It's funny to me though that he immediately goes to there's a That's ghost a haunting me. Well, I mean, he had someone wrote that on his computer. I don't I don't know how the remoting worked on old machines like that, but I mean, how else would you see keys typing and something like writing on the computer? The 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 chair is moving. You're the girlfriend of your best friend who's dead is telling you that oh they're like his ghost is still around why wouldn't you just jump to ghost with all the guilt he probably has on top of him that's my thought there i think he just jumps to it because it's given to him you don't see that no oh, i i suppose i just think i'm thinking of like it would take me longer to well maybe not but it's would it because she comes straight to him and says, this medium says Sam yeah, is still here true. and is talking to that's me. He's true. murdered. Okay, hold up. How the hell does he know he was murdered? Like, immediately he goes, no, 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 yeah. no. Someone, someone blabbed, right? He doesn't think that's real. Yeah. Then all this weird crap is happening. Things are typing on their own. Chairs are moving. <laughs> Someone's jumping in the stomach. together. <laughs> Our pets are falling off. <laughs> No, that's fair. It's I'll literally just... being handed to him. All right, I'll give it to you. Sam realizes that Oda May is in trouble because Carl's like, I gotta go. And Sam thinks like he's gonna, she's, they're going to go kill Oda May. Yeah. Oh, and Oda May's like at her apartment with her sisters. They're having popcorn. They're watching Arsenio. Sam shows up and, and he tells her like, we got to get out of here. They think you have the check. Willie. Well, Willie. Old Willie Lopez comes with Carl, and they're there yeah. to basically the, get a check I guess, from. Oda I guess May. at this point, for some reason, he still relies on Willie. Maybe Willie is a part of the whole gang, right? Well, but, I think I think Willie could be a part of the drug dealing group. Like, right. has some money at stake. Exactly. And or Carl doesn't have the balls to kill her, so he needs. But he, to... but he like go, decides to go with to make sure that Willie does the job properly. To get the check, he can't let Willie have four million dollars. He'll never. I see guess it. that's also true. Yeah, unless Willie's also a part of the whole thing. Then if he just pockets the money, he's going to be in big that's, trouble anyways. That's, I think he's part of it. I think he's like a. I think they have to be a part of this. Yes, yes. They're like use Willie when you need him. Yes, that's what I think it is. So Oda Mae Brown and and company go into a different apartment to hide, and in the meantime. Carl leaves and Willie stays in the apartment to try to find where they could be hiding if they're in the apartment. Right. And this is where Sam does some more haunting. And Sam does some more haunting. You get some ghost haunting, though, where we can't see oh, Sam. Yeah. Stuff's just flying around. All Which is more fun. Poltergeisty. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. And the effects, I think they're probably practical effects. They're pretty good. I like all this with the stuff flying yes. around. It's fun. And he writes on the mirror and he like does stuff with the bathroom and it's great. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of different hauntings that he does. It's it is the ghost part of the movie where the like ghostiest part. Yeah, where he truly is acting like a ghost. Right. And this all causes Willie to freak out and he runs out of the apartment. Sam follows him and keeps pushing him. Oh my god, yes. I thought that this was interesting because Sam does like he kind of causes Willie's death. He kind of does. So Sam he doesn't. Keeps he doesn't. I think he just freaked him out enough that he got 
then he ran into the the cars right i don't think he was expecting that to happen i think he feels remorse for allowing that to actually happen but at the same time he feels like he got a bit of revenge on what's happening sure yeah this is him getting his well yeah he does run into the middle of the street it it, yeah. it has nothing to he do doesn't with push him he doesn't push him he runs into the street and he gets hit yeah and he gets pinched between like two different cars Oof. And yeah, you're right. Well, Sam doesn't have anything to do with it. It is just Willie running. It, it, he kind of leads it to happen, but I don't think that. No, was his no, no. Intention. He was just trying to scare him off. He was just trying. Right. To scare it wasn't his intention. He was just trying to save Otome. Yeah. And her family. So Willie gets hit by this car, and his body goes flying in the air, and Carl freaks out and runs away, but then Willie gets up. You're dead, Willie. Willie is able to see that his body's like on the car. Right. He's actually pinned. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where I said, watch the movie. Oh, holy shit. I didn't think they go here because what happens next is these demons come out of. These shadow demons come out and like choke him and drag him down to hell. Yes. And so I heard, or, or in one of the things I watched, they said that the noise that these demons make, which is very off-putting, very unsettling. It's, it's kind of a ghoul, kind of um, and like a raspy and like a moaning at the same time. Well, what it is, is it's babies crying, playing oh. backwards and slowed down. Oh, it's worse than I thought. Yeah, so it's very creepy once you know that too. All right gross that's gross i don't like it so willie is dead and we've seen that you get pulled to hell which was foreshadowed earlier in the movie and carl is probably on his way back to get molly knowing that sam probably saved otome so Mm -hmm. otome and sam are on their way to back to molly's apartment right sam forces a, a cab driver to go super fast which i don't think otome would have allowed i don't think i think she would have told him to stop yeah she would have been like slow down is driving erratically you're tele telepathically or telekinetically driving this damn taxi you're just gonna cause two more people to die calm down a little bit that's what i thought too but he's he's you know he's he's hyper he's being a little irrational right so otome shows back up at the house and she's like look you've got to let me in you're in danger and Molly's not having it. So she says, like, I'm calling the police. And Otome's like, yeah, go ahead. Good. Call the yes, police. We, we want, want this. to do that. Right. And, like, the way Sam does it is he goes in and he looks to looks at her. And he finds out what she's wearing is a shirt that he, was it, spilled margaritas on. And the earrings he got her. And he says that to her and says, okay, tell her this. Right. And that's what gets her to open the door. Right, because she's, like, crying at this point, like, stop doing Stop trying this. to manipulate me. Yeah. yeah. But then she's like, well, maybe it is real. Like, she just wants it to be real, but she just is so worried it's not, too. It's horrible. Well, I mean, the... she's going to be, she's, like, pulled in two different directions. It sucks. Of, like, being rational and, right. and hopeful. Yes, so exactly. The, the thing that gets her is he asked for a penny. Oh, and the penny. So he has Otome put a penny under the door and he picks it up. So now there's a floating penny. 
or he and like slides good... it across the floor and then he, he like yeah up. he slides it yeah and it's like it, it's it's her way of saying good luck and hope and yeah so he tells automated to like tell her it's for good luck and that's yeah. where molly realizes now that it's... well i mean there's a floating penny in front of me at this point i'm just gonna believe it <laughs> yeah and, and, and demi Moore's doing the the tears again she's got the tears yeah, going. her eyes doing that it just i under i feel it i feel <laughs> it because it's one of those things where it's like you she can't help it like in any i, I feel like it just happens like the tears just come when she's like so anxious and stressed out so she lets Otome in. This say, is a like, silly. This is a bit silly. Well, they call. Oh, you think it's silly? Interesting. So they call the police. They're like, "All right, what do we do?" And and Otome's like, "Well, now we just have to kind of wait for the police." Right. And Molly's like, "Is." And they're kind of having a moment together. Yeah. He's. Ta- she's. They're talking, and she's talking for him, and yeah, it's sad. Yeah, because and then Molly's they're both like, saying, oh, "I wish you could. We could touch and feel and everything." And then this part to me is a bit silly because I thought about it too much. Like, if you just let it happen, sure, it can be really nice. But you think about it a little too much and then you're like, "Eh, this is a little silly. Okay, so do you want to explain what happens or? So they're talking and they're pretty much saying like, oh, how much they love each other and how much they would love to be able to like touch again, like to feel each other, to like hold each other kind of thing. And... Oda May comes down and says, okay, use me. Like, use my body as a vessel so you can, you can hold, like, hold each other and, like, touch hands and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it, it changes then. So, like, he does. He jumps into her and they're, like, it, it doesn't show Oda May, but it's showing, it does it's showing first. Sam. It's, yes, it's at first. hands grab. And, like, and Molly has her eyes closed yeah. and she's just thinking about Sam but then it's just like it's Sam and her touching and holding each other and we like get, he's kissing we get her head. Unchained melody again in a orchestra. Right. This is where right. the score and it's, is it's, great. it's like very it's just very emotional. But if you think about it too much, it's Molly and Oda May doing this together. Right. And it just feels a little silly to me, and that's like all I could think. I was just like, oh, it's like the second it was in my head, I couldn't get it out of my head. This is an interesting thought from you. So. When I was doing the research on trying to find the stuff about all the, you know, the critical reception and the Oscars and all that kind of thing, I stumbled upon Roger Ebert's review of okay. the movie. I did this all after all, after I watched it and stuff because I don't want anybody's opinions in our podcast. But sure, Roger Ebert, I can quote, you know, in these because it's Roger fucking Ebert. But <laughs> so he he gave the movie kind of like a middle grade. Okay. And one of the things he said was he thought it was kind of feckless, this scene, because he thought it should have just been Whoopi Goldberg the entire time. It's just Whoopi Goldberg and Demi Moore dancing with each other. It's just Oda May. You don't see Patrick Swayze at all. Because he's in her, yes. And he thought that would have been braver. Now, do I think I think it that... would have been braver, yes, because it's actually showing what's really happening. But in Molly's head, she's picturing Sam. That's where I go with it, too. And that's why. And I so think we it... kind of like moved into them, and we're we're seeing what they're feeling and seeing. And yes, it's very emotional, and I I understand. But at the same time, I'm picturing 
Whoopi Goldberg, and it's making me, it would just it, feels a little silly. Would it have silly. been worse for you if, because my thought was to get rid of the feckleness, would it, be, would it have been worse if they would have shown some shots of it being Whoopi Goldberg and then gone back so that you saw it was Swayze so that you kind of get the idea? Maybe. <sighs> or would that have been worse because then they're they're pointing it out and it would have taken the I emotion the, out of it? I think it pointing it out would have taken the emotion out of it. Because it is very emotional. It it's is. Supposed it's very to be. emotional. It's very strong. Like, I get it. I feel it. It's just that the second I pictured it in my head, it just kind of took me out of it. So, like, at the end, sure. I don't mind that it's, it is kind of like, okay, we see them together. And, it, and like, seeing at the beginning where it's just her and Otome, and then at the end when we see it's Molly and Otome, that's fine. I think I took myself out of it because I think too much. (laughs) So I think that's my problem. And I don't think they needed to have it with her and like Molly and Oda May only. I don't think that would have worked. I think that would have taken some of the emotion away Mm -hmm. because for them, they're the only two people in the room. They're the only two people in the world right now. The romance is about... That's what needs to happen. The romance is about Sam and Molly and you want to see Sam and Molly. Yes. I understand. And I do think that our ending to it, which we thought the ending was, would have been better anyway. Where after the events of the movie, he doesn't just get assumed, but he stays. She does the pottery again. They do the thing again. And then he gets assumed. Yes. I think that would have been better. Well, I don't even think that's where I would have put the pottery scene. Oh, interesting. Where would you have put the pottery scene? Because I'm saying like totally at the end. It's the yeah, last I find thing that, that happens, interesting that you say that back. that should be the last thing that they should do together. I, which I kind of like because that was a very emotional connection scene for them as a couple as well. But I feel like there should have been more of her doing her artwork, right? Her doing her stuff and trying to keep going with all of her art. Mm-hmm. And when he's trying to like talk to her and feel her and connect to her he decides to sit behind her while she's doing her art and kind of like maybe crying like so she can't it... do it and he puts his arms around her and she feels him for a second like she wait is he here with me and she continues to do her art okay so that's it... where i feel like it should happen so she wouldn't where necessarily know trying that to communicate she wouldn't necessarily know that he's really there but she not she, yet the spirit kind of thing is there okay. yeah it's more like she feels him and it's allowing her to continue her art okay. right he's he's helping her to feel like she can do it okay I I like that just because it's more of like they're trying to connect and so he's trying to do the things that connected them yeah, you know, yeah. Your way, your way is a lot more points. emotional and <laughs> nice. Yes. I'm thinking of it more of having sex with a ghost and then him going to heaven. <laughs> Kevin wants that raw emotion, and I want like the, the yeah. sense, like the romantic emotion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just two different ways of thinking about it right. of the same scene. We want yes. the same scene. We're just thinking of it. We We're interpreting it. Yeah, two different <laughs> ghost. Just give me the ghost. Yeah. So that scene happens, but it gets interrupted because Carl the prick shows up oh, at the God. door Again. and, and bangs on it. So Sam flies out of Molly, uh, Molly out of Oda May's body, and Molly and Oda May try to escape. 
Carl and has Sam's a gun to drained her. Yeah, now Sam from, is drained because he possessed her. And Carl's got a gun. He's trying to find Molly. I don't know what he's going to do. I guess he could kill I her think because kill her. he thinks he's going to be killed by the mob. I think if he has to, he'll just kill her to get the check. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So they're running up the fire escape and they go to another floor, which is also being renovated because this whole building is just being renovated. They must have been oh one God. of the first first People places don't... to get done. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to figure out where to go. Carl follows them. And the entire time Carl's trying to tell Molly, like, don't listen to her. Scene. She's a con artist. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's Which a chase. Is like, yeah, okay, because you're you're chasing after me with a gun, so that makes sense. <laughs> it's our big climactic action chase scene, and eventually Carl is able to grab Oda May and pull her down. Right. But then Molly jumps on him and is like attacking him to stop attacking Oda May. Yeah, I mean, and Carl's like facade goes away because he's like choking Oda May being like just yes! give me the check and then like right? tosses Molly and pulls a gun out like yes! and he's just like holding a gun to her head now it's like what the heck are you doing it's like well now you have to kill her because she's just gonna tell everybody the other thing that I think that this movie if this was made today mm-hmm. I think what would have happened just because of like the way the way stories go when there's like fraud involved now, I think it would have been not just Carl that was in on it. I think it would have been the company that was doing shady stuff. Like I think it would have been the entire and Carl was like the the between man. Yeah. So like the CEO or whatever is like Carl get get that check back or it's your ass. Like right. it wouldn't necessarily be the the mafia after him or, or drug sure. dealers or whatever. It would be like the company was company. committing fraud, and oh, that tells you a lot about society. Yeah, and but how don't, it changes. Don't you, don't you think that that's true? Like, could, no, I do, I do. That? I think that the company would be corrupt. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that. And like Sam was the good guy, and he was trying to fix it all, even though yeah. it was the company was and like, then no, the, no, no, shut and up, then it's shut not like Carl, <laughs> and Carl isn't the one that hired Willie Lopez to kill him. The company did, right? Because Sam was figuring stuff was, out was digging a little too much yeah, and they didn't, and he, they didn't, didn't think he would be a part of it they mm-hmm. didn't want him to be a part of it mm-hmm. interesting yeah. should we yeah. just rewrite this Maybe and we should just see redo. if we can get i think we could just do it we could probably just remake ghost i mean we should yeah. leave it alone but we could at least you know oh, absolutely yeah we should leave we it alone but write then... a little bit of a, a thing just yeah. for fun but if anybody wants to do a gender swapped version of ghost for the 21st century in the yes. in the second decade i don't know third decade whatever it is for modern times yep i think that it should be that the company was the one doing the fraud so the company's behind it yes the chair comes back the, the chair there's comes actually back. a ghost <laughs> and clay or a pottery scene there's um what was my other stuff <laughs> Things. I think so all the cat is established. The cat is established. <laughs> There's ham rolls at the funeral. There's ham rolls at that funeral. That's a big one. So, anyway, to to conclude this movie, Sam stops Carl from shooting Oda May, and Carl grabs Molly and it's like, "I'll kill her, Sam. I'll kill her." 
Uh, of course, he can't see what's going on. Carl thinks like, okay, maybe it's over. Oh, but then the gun is taken away from it, like zips out right. of his hand. Yeah, it, Sam's doing some haunting stuff again. Punches him, takes the gun, throws something at him, I think. And I guess, yeah, I, like a some sort of equipment. At this point, equipment. is he trying to kill him? Because some, like, the big stuff that he throws at him, it's like, oh boy. But then Carl pretty much uh, kills himself. Yeah, he throw he tries to throw a rope at a ghost, which is fucking stupid. And then um <laughs> he go he tries to escape through a window and this rope has a big chain on it. Yeah. And it, it knocks the window out. And yeah. the window goes through Carl. Yeah. Like, like a, a giant piece of, a shard of glass thick just goes piece through. of glass just falls into his and it's it's awful. I don't think so he wanted third to, body I, of the movie. I don't think he wanted to kill him because when Sam realizes that it's going to happen, he gets like a shock, like "Oh no!" look on his face and, and can't. Oh stop. yeah, right. So I don't think he was trying to kill him, but I don't know what his objective was, because other than like I think just to stop him. Yeah. Yeah, Carl is our third body of the movie and sees Sam as a ghost. Does Sam say you're dead, Carl, or does he just say you're dead, Willie? No, he just says you're dead, Willie. Carl, unfortunately, looks at Sam and, like, has a smile. Like, he's like, Sam! It's kind of weird, like... Well, yeah, it's like you knew he was there, you idiot. Do you realize that you're dead now because you can see him? <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he says. Like, he's like, oh, Carl. Like, Carl turns around and sees, like, his dead body, like, hanging in this Yeah, park. right. And before you know it, here come Our the are back. demons again. I like to, to call drag Carl to hell. It's such an interesting ending compared to what i thought this movie was going to be that yes. at the end of this movie the villain who was the main character's best friend gets dragged to hell by these oh my God. demons it's great <laughs> while shouting help me please it's <laughs> so bizarre so bizarre so then sam goes back and, and asks so to me like are they all right right and I guess because it's the moment before he's going to be assumed into heaven. Which is my assumption as well. That Molly can hear him. Yep. And see him, I think. I think they both can see him too, yeah. I, well, and I the think... light comes out. Yeah, so I the think they see the allowing... light. Yeah, it's the light. So... And it's kind of like allowing them to see him before yes. he goes. Yeah, just like in Jack Frost. <laughs> Jack Frost stole just it from Just like movie. in Jack Frost. <laughs> There's like a ghosty looking image of right. Of Sam it's a very like like the light is just allowing his his form to be seen. It's mm -hmm. very and Demi Moore is like in awe and in shock that like it's this got there. me a little bit. And yeah, this is the this is the moment where people would. Cry. This is this is the moment. Like I didn't fully cry, but I was doing the. You have to say it. You have <laughs> to say it. And I was just like, so I got it really into it. <laughs> so like, and, like he says something about him being filled with love now, right? Yeah. As he gets to leave, and then tells her that he loves her. They kiss. Yes, they do kiss. And then Sam says goodbye to Oda May, which I thought was actually also very touching. It's touching. Because he helped, she helped him. And actually, I guess he kind of helped, he, he got, he helped too, her too. Because now she actually does have the gift to help yeah. others. 
Yeah, and he says like I, I'm gonna. She says I'm gonna miss you, yeah. and yeah, she says goodbye. And then I think I honestly probably would have liked it if he just said goodbye. Or I or I love you. I think he says I love you. I disagree. He does. He well, he does say I love you. So he or says you're I love you. The part about like feeling full of love now. The last line. <laughs> I don't know if I like that last line. Because he says I love you, Molly. I've always loved you. And then she. I think she dumb, says ditto. She does, and I'm like, oh, you have to say it, and you could see it. Like she's like thinking it, and then she's starting to cry, and then she says yeah. ditto. And that it's... part, that part can get to <sighs> the ditto. Her saying ditto is very, very good. I love you, Molly. I've always loved you. Ditto. Yes. Um, yeah, and then he says something about feeling the love now that he's going to light. Yeah. Let me make sure I get the last slide right, because I think I've got <laughs> it here. It's amazing, Molly. The love inside, you take it with you. I went for a walk earlier, and I was trying to figure out what the hell he meant by <gasps> Wait that. a minute. You said there's been 19 rewrites. <laughs> I yeah. have a feeling there was supposed to be an established she's not spiritual, he is. Because he has that superstition of if it always comes in threes, I should cancel this, I can't do mm. this, pennies are lucky. And she <laughs> is like, okay, well, whatever, I'll go along with it, but I'm not spiritual, this isn't real, ghosts aren't real, you know, the afterlife is just nothing. Yeah, I that's think, interesting. I think that's what this is. But no, go ahead and say your piece. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, 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 I think that's interesting, because I, I just... I think he is trying to tell her, like, you should love as much as you can during your life. Like, go Oh, because like, you have to she, take it with you. Love as much as you can because you take it with you to heaven. Okay. Because he, he, I think that's like, he was afraid that he wasn't going to be able to feel it. And he's like, oh, you, you get to take it with you. You take all the love okay. you had to have. Okay. It's it just is it's a, I think it's an awkward final line. It is a little awkward because it doesn't really fit with everything. But I love the ditto. I think if they just would have ended with ditto. Yeah, I think it would have worked. And then there was a swell of music. It would have been good, but I think I feel like someone wanted that to be in the movie. I feel like they're like no, that has to be the last line. Mm. Well, I, I, I don't mind your fan theory about it. Yeah, that's my uh, fan especially, theory. <laughs> especially as you're saying, as you're like going back and you're saying it was, you know, he's got the penny and he's got the, yeah, the, the things planes. coming through. He's like, yeah, he's superstitious. And, he's yeah. superstitious. Maybe that's, maybe that's why he's superstitious about love as well. Because he sure. always feels like the second love comes into it, he loses everything. Right. And now he has lost everything, so he can say it. But he ha all he has is love now. Oh, there you go. There it is. All he needs is love. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> so they say see you to each other. He walks yeah. into the light. And the movie ends just like that. Just like Very, that. Very uh, suddenly. We've, we've gotten... I guess Oda May knows everything so that they can at least explain why Carl is just laying there dead. Yes. I don't know because how they're going Molly to explain still it. doesn't know anything. Like, yeah. she doesn't. Like, how are they going to prove, like, oh, yeah. So I went to the bank and I closed out. So the check is actually with these nuns. <laughs> and... I mean, uh, I guess all they have to say is Carl was attacking me. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess all they have to do is say Carl is attacking me. But, like, why was Oda May there? I don't know. It's all... It's all a big, muddled mess now. He just left them a giant mess to have to clean up. Great really job, Sam. Are you going to want to... Well, I guess they dragged Carl to hell, so it's not like you're going to be haunted by Carl, because he's in yeah, hell. Yeah, he can't be haunted by Carl. Well, they don't know that. Yeah. At least Oda May would, Oda May might. Yeah, she would be able to hear him if he was still there. She goes, well, he's not here because I don't hear him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, he, and he died in a windowsill, so his body, his soul could have escaped the building. <laughs> but, yes, then we get um, some more. And the end credits. But it just ends. But to your point, like, yeah, I don't know what... We need to do like a special uh, <laughs> different different episodes that we do where it is what happened after the credits. Yes, rolled. the because after effect, because there's this, a lot that happened. In this instance, well, I guess they did call the police telling them that they thought that Carl was going to oh. attack. Like there is that, there is that. Okay. So maybe. But they um, still kind of explain everything that's going on. Yeah, I do. They're still going to be in it. Like interviewed and everything yeah yeah this is kind of a mess but they're they're yeah i don't know and this again is where if we were in modern times where it's the company that did it like it's an even company, bigger mess. oh yeah there oh hold up there would be like an after credits like the credits would be rolling to the side and on the other side the, the ceo is getting arrested yeah, they're getting and arrested. they're saying there's a big laundry moneying thing at the blah 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 blank you know ceo oda may's got the... a talk show now yes oda may has a talk show no that would be great wait <laughs> i would love that what would it be called oh it's gotta be something about oda may hear something. you now <laughs> it's it's just well it just could be called oda like oprah <gasps> oh my god because because they said tina turner and then at the end it's just called oda and yeah. she has her own talk show where she talks to you and the ghosts yeah that would be amazing yeah then the ghosts know to come to her talk right. show She's like, come on over here and i'll help you out yeah, yeah. oh i love that and then and now we've this. got an entire series there cbs Paramount Plus, we're doing it again for you. We have a fucking series <laughs> called Oda. It's about Oda May having this talk show. She interacts yep. with ghosts on a weekly basis, yes. solving crimes, solving mysteries, reuniting loved ones. Whoopi Goldberg can be in it as oh my Oda God, May. I would love that. Yeah, just... <laughs> That's how Screw the talk show she's on now. Put her on this yes. one. <laughs> That's how you bring back ghosts. We fucking did it. All good ideas, all brilliant stuff. With that being said, we have reached the conclusion of Ghost from 1990, the Academy Award-winning picture, and the mm -hmm. highest-grossing film of the year 1990. Yep. That brings me to the question that we have every episode on Shelf Life, or at least every episode where we're not doing only pieces of television. Rachel, does Ghost make your shelf? I'm gonna have to say yes. Wow. I kind of, I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was, it, I was, I was expecting something, and I got something else, and I enjoyed it because I like a little bit of uh, a supernatural. I like a little bit of mystery and and thriller, and you get a tiny bit of romance pushed in there. I mean, I I may have said like, oh, I wish they would have brought certain things back, mm -hmm. but. 
overall, I got into it and I enjoyed it. And I actually, I, I felt the emotion and everything. So it was really nice. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying is it's a it's a flawed movie, but you it's still a very good movie, and you want yes, to... and it's enjoyable. So, if we can get into the segmentation of your shelf, is it digital or is it physical? You be buying a copy of this, or are you getting a oh, it's ninety nine cents on Amazon or something? I'll buy the digital copy. I'm just ask, I'm just asking because you know how we've done stuff like oh, we're putting it in the box, it doesn't go on the shelf. Oh yeah, or, sure, that's so true. I'm just asking if, if it would be worth having in your physical collection. I think Honestly? everything, anything that you want on your shelf is probably worth having in your physical collection because you're gonna. Right. It's worth more than having a streamer, but you, if you just had a digital copy, is it you know? Yeah. I feel like I would prefer this as a physical copy, and I don't know if it's just because it's an older movie that having the physical copy just feels right, and not in a digital sense. <laughs> but or Plus, I just like physical copies of things anyway, so if I like it, I'm going to want it. As we all do. <laughs> or as you and I. I, I. I would think a physical copy would be nice. Okay. I might go okay. buy this. Just see if it's on sale. <laughs> I'd buy it on sale. How about that? There you go. <laughs> I will explain it this way, and I'll explain it this way again, because it's a new season. We might have new listeners. We are going to say a lot of movies are good or a lot of movies are bad or whatever. That doesn't necessarily mean that they make or not make the shelf for one of us or, you know, whatever. Because that's not the name of the game. The name of the game is is it's shelf life, not is the movie good. I think this is a good movie. I think it's a pretty good movie. It's not my type of movie, necessarily. Like right. I don't think I'm I, gonna, I knew that was coming. I don't think I'm gonna go back and rewatch Ghost. I would. This is I, like, I would go back and rewatch Ghost. This might become one of those little romance ones that every once in a while I'll pick up and I'll go watch. Sure. Yes. And that's fine. It's just not my thing. We've said it before that romances are definitely not my thing. Romantic comedies are <laughs> my is kind of the only genre I don't like. That's this is not a romantic I might comedy. have one that you might enjoy. We'll see. We'll see. It's one I do have a physical copy of, so stay tuned for that one. Yes. This is a usual suspect situation for me. I think oh, the movie is very good. Okay. If you have not seen Ghost, go see Ghost or find it on whatever streaming site it's on now and watch it. I think you'll enjoy it. Would I personally, with my personality, put it on my shelf? I don't think so. I would say... If you're on a date night and your yes. partner has not seen Ghost, mm -hmm. it's a good date movie. It is a good date movie. And, and so I think this is another situation, just like Usual Suspects, where if you're sitting on the couch and you say, you're dead, Willie, or whatever, and the person <laughs> doesn't get it, or Molly, you're in danger, girl, you would say, wait, you haven't seen Ghost? Right. And you pick up your copy of it in, yes in the tub or whatever or you get the you find where it's at or you, you buy the digital copy oh, we're gonna have it. to watch it yeah let's rent it right as like a usual like i might keep it on the shelf to to have for me no but that does not mean that it's not that's not good so we got sure. a split decision but it's a split decision we only do. only in taste only in taste honestly like it, it truly I like think what, it is what honestly yeah in our collections which we keep... is this our first one yeah, I think so because I think when it came to Usual Suspects, we both said it was uh it was that situation. Yeah, it probably is, which is fine. The reason that it's not two people that have similar 
taste on everything is so that there's a difference of opinion and, and, and right. matter here. But like I said, it's still a good movie. It's just, it's not going on my show, it's, it's going on Rachel's. It's, it's not so much of an upset that you hated it and I loved it. No. And there's like a sibling rivalry no. going on. There isn't, this, we don't have to have a debate This isn't as big of an upset, no. Of if it's, I'm is, wondering if that's ever going to happen and I'm very curious about will. that. I think it will. But but it doesn't happen for this one. This one is just, it's a good movie. Whether or not you have it on your shelf is up to your taste. With that being said, we are, we've completed it. Ghost, chalk it up, put it on the shelf or, or don't, depending on your taste. We've got it. It'll be on the shelf on our website. And you can see it up there. I'm sure we'll have a link of places to buy it. Yeah, so anything else? The shelf life, the podcast at gmail.com. All of the usual <laughs> idioms. I will not ask you to like and subscribe or any of that kind of stuff because I just don't like begging for that. I I don't have Twitter. I yes, I, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on any social media other than Tinder and some other dating apps. You know, so this is a rom. This is a romance one. That's so he's right. got to you know push I'll him, plug himself on those. Is my favorite song. Um, Do it. <laughs> yeah, that is Ghost from 1990. The Patrick Swayze vehicle. Rest in peace. That's all. So until next time, uh, my darling, my darling, I've been Kevin. I'm Rachel. You have been Kevin. I'm Kevin. I am Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> no, because now you sound like upset. Say it again. I'm Kevin, and I'm Rachel. We'll see you next time. Thanks for coming. She's been married seven times before, and everyone was Henry. Henry! And now Willie Arthur. No, suck him, Nate, so man of Henry.